Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host for tonight, Kyle Russo. With me tonight, engineering for us, Mike Dawes, and my co-host tonight, James Montefusco. Tom, Chris are not here tonight. Kyle uh, Earhart, who was on our show last week, is also not here this week. But uh, first, before we get into the show, Tom, again, I did this last time I hosted the show. Tom, I'd like to thank you personally for allowing me to have this opportunity to host such a notorious show. has been on air at LIU Post now for seven years. Tom, I really appreciate it that you could uh, entrust in me to take over the, your spot and host the show tonight. So uh, tonight, everybody, we're going to be talking about the MLB, some recent news, especially in MLB teams regarding New York teams. We're going to be talking about the Jets, the Giants. We're going to give our team of the week. We're going to review and preview some of the NFL games that are coming up this week and have already passed. And then we're going to get into the NBA a little bit. Listen to our live link online at mywcwp.org or wcwpsports.org. Have any questions, comments? Our call-in number is 516-299-2030. Again, our call-in number is 516-299-2030. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook at WCWP Sports. And as usual, we are podcasting. So, guys, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the MLB. So, a recent event. It just happened this morning, actually. Former Angels infielder Luis Valbuena and former Pirates infielder Jose Castillo passed earlier this morning in a car accident. And, uh, you know, Valbuena, as early as last year, he was playing for an MLB team. I know Castillo's been out of the league for a couple years, but just the impact that this guy had on some of the teams he that he played for. I mean, he's only, he's only a three, 33-year-old. He's He's gone. He's, he's passed. Yeah, it was a tough situation because, you know, as you said, young guy, probably had a few more years in his baseball career, but yeah. 33 years old, so that's very sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Now it's just some Yankees news. So everybody saw it. Everybody saw it early this week. There was a lot of news regarding Patrick Corbin and the relations that could possibly transpire with the Yankees. But earlier this week, I believe it was Wednesday night, I'm going to say, he winded up signing with the Washington Nationals on a six-year, $140 million deal. $140 million. The Yankees missed out because they did not want to add in a six-year to his contract. And, you know, me personally as a Yankees fan, going into this offseason, I wanted Patrick Corbin a lot. But not for $140 million. Not for $140 million and... I did not want him on a six-year contract. I think what the Yankees offered him, what I heard that they offered him was a five-year, $100 million deal. And that I, I think that's acceptable. But obviously, listen, another $40 million in the contract, another year of security, of course you're going to take that. Of course. And also, um, you know, if you really want to think about it, 2013 was his breakout year. He had a very good season. Then he had surgery, and it took him three years to get another good season. Yeah. And then he's got that, – that shows you how, uh, how rare a good left-handed starting pitching is. He's had a what, good two and a half seasons, and he's getting six years, $140 million. Yeah, no, for sure. Good for him. I mean, the, this uh, past season, I know he started off really hot. He was one of the hotter, uh, hottest pitchers in the league, but he finished off an 11-7 and record, an ERA above 300, which is, you know, it's, it's decent. Yeah. He's a left-hander that's 29 years old. So the value's, in the, the value's more in the age. I don't think Definitely. necessarily in the performance, but the age. Knowing that you could have a pitcher who's 29 years old, still is in the prime of his career, but the Yankees wanted up missing out on him. Now the Mets. Now to the Mets. The Mets have made a move, which I didn't think the Mets would be capable of doing. 
not because I didn't think that they would ever want to do it, but the fact that they would never consider it. Knowing the Mets' recent history and refusing to give players contracts, in my mind, with all this news regarding Robinson Cano, why would you take on a contract of such magnitude? But they winded up trading. Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, three prospects, Justin Dunn, Jared Kalenic, and Gerson Bautista for Edwin Diaz, who is one of the best relievers in all of baseball, had 57 saves last season. And he's 24. And he's 24 years old, Very and you still have about uh, another four years yeah, four of control years. over him. Yeah. And Robinson Cano. And they also received another $20 million in cash. So, James, I want to get your view on this. I know you're a diehard Mets fan. Bleed, bleed blue and orange. I want to get your opinion on this. Um, I like the trade because it shows us that we uh, we actually want to do something this offseason. Unlike future, un- sorry, not future, unlike past offseasons yep. where we did, you know, maybe sign somebody, be like, oh, yeah, we're all in, and then do absolutely nothing the rest of the season, offseason. Um, I like how we got Robinson Cano. He, um, I think he'll bring some asset to the team. For the longevity of it, I don't know how I feel about how long he'll be with the team considering he's getting up in the age where players start, you know, not being able to play every day. Yeah, decreasing in playing time, yeah. decreasing in actual performance. Well, yeah, I get that. Um, the $20 million cash I like because I believe that pays for at least a year of his contract. Um, but the amount of guys they got rid of. I'm very concerned about that. I understand they need to unload, unload Jay Bruce's contract, which I was cool with. Um, Anthony Swarzak, okay. But the other three guys they got, um, they let go. I was a little surprised because they were pretty good prospects. And now at this point, what are we going to do when if we want to make another move? Yeah, you know, James, a, I, another trade. Yeah, I agree with you completely. All right, Dawes, we got a caller on the line. Uh, caller, what is your name? And where are you from? Hi, everyone. It's Kyle Earhart. I'm from Huntington. How are you guys? How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Russo? Uh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? I know you're a diehards Mets fan. Is that, is that what you want to talk about? Yes, I am a diehard Mets fan. All right. Is, let's... Is, it, is it bad to say that or is it good to say that? Well, listen, say you know, that. recent moves in the uh, organization, you know, getting a new GM, you know, Two weeks into his career, three weeks into his career as new GM, you know, you get a you get a major player in Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. I mean, uh, give me your opinion yeah. on it. Give me your opinion. Uh, in my opinion, I don't mind the Robbie Cano, but I love Edwin Diaz, in, in my opinion. I think Edwin Diaz, obviously, top three closer in baseball, you would say? Agreed, yeah. totally. And the, the only thing that scares me about Robinson Cano is the reason why he failed his TED test is because he like hired someone or like paid someone off, so it's like he wasn't taking PEDs. So we don't know if his whole MLB career he was taking PEDs or something. So that's, that's the only thing that worries me. Yeah, that's uh, a, this Robbie Cano deal. Yeah, no, Kyle, you're completely yeah. right. That's another thing that I brought into perspective in my own opinion because when it came to Robinson Cano getting that contract to begin with in Seattle, you know, there was people saying after he got accused of using PEDs, you know. Is that how he got the contract in Seattle? You know, was he using as a Yankee? Is yeah, that how he's saying. putting up these numbers that got him? No, absolutely. And I think that's still in question. When I look at this trade with the Mets personally, I think it's a, you know, the fact that you got Edwin Diaz makes the trade phenomenal, yeah. especially in the Mets' view, because the Mets had absolutely nobody as they're closing. And that's how they lost a lot of their games last year. Yeah. A lot yeah. of their games was because the closing was terrible. And now you got a solid reliever in Edwin Diaz, who had 57 saves last season. 
and you got a decent bat in the lineup too. I mean, yeah, Cano got suspended well, half the season, but he batted over three hundred. Yeah, but the thing is, though, the thing that worries me is, what if he was on like PEDs his whole career, and now it's the first time he's been off of it, and we don't know how he's going to play. He could he he could be an average hitter, he could be a sub average hitter, or he could be a. a the hitter he once was without PEDs. That's the thing. We don't know, Kyle. Is We don't know how good Robbie Cano is off PEDs. After, the, after the suspension last year, short sample size, but he hit 317. So hopefully it's an immediate. That's true. That yeah, true. and when he comes to the Mets, he's immediately their best hitter, which is why I like the deal. And Diaz, Diaz is lights out. I love that. And uh, that's how bad the Cano contract is. They had to package the best right-handed reliever in baseball to trade Robinson Cano. In my opinion, I, I I feel like they also gave up too much. Yeah. In my opinion, they gave up uh, from what the trade originally was to what it ended with. I feel like the Mets gave up too much, you know? No, yeah, for sure, Kyle. And that's something that also comes into question when I think about it. It's that when you have a GM that makes a move like this, he's a rookie GM. He's never GM'd in his life before. He he was a, uh, what do you want to call it? He was a, um, he was an agent. Yeah, agent. Yeah. He was an agent. And yeah. now this is his first job. And, you know, for a Mets organization to take on a rookie GM, especially after all the past history of what the, of what the Mets have been notorious for doing, which is nothing. I mean, this is, this is a big move. This is a, solid, this is a make or break move from the Mets' new GM, uh, in my opinion. And, I mean, when, you, when he goes out and makes this move, he completes it, and then says, you know, we still got more moves to make. My question yeah, is, that, what assets you know. do you have to trade at this point? I mean, you just traded three of your best prospects in this yeah. trade. Now, now I, I have a question for James Montefusco, actually. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, do you think the Mets should go after a guy like Corey Kluber or a guy like uh, – who else have they been trying to add on? They've been trying JT to add Realmuto. on uh, the JT Realmuto. I, I read a report today that the Mets are talking to the Indians about Corey Kluber. What do you think it would take to get that guy? In New York. You're talking about, I can see, probably Nimmo, Conforto going, um, Rosario, I would see, gone. But if you lose any of them, you're looking at a de- depleted outfield the beginning of the season because Cespedes won't be back. Um, Ligaris, you have no clue what he's going to do if he's going to get hurt within the first three weeks like normal. Um, and then what do you have, Dom Smith running out there to play center field? Um, like, I... I would like another Cy Young winner on our rotation, obviously, and um, somebody else like JT Romuto that can throw to second base. But if it's going to cost us way too much, like if we're giving up too much for them, we're going to have to do something else because we already we already look we already lost some guys in our farm system, and then you give up another say two good guys right now on the starting roster. I feel like, yeah, you're adding pieces, but at the same time, will you have that same power? If you're getting that pitching help, are you going to have that batting help? Yeah, no, James, I completely agree with you. I mean, uh, when there was talks about Nimmo possibly being involved in the uh, Cano trade, I was like, oh, my, the Mets are crazy. That's That's their best bet. And I still think, you know, with all the perspective rumors and perception of Robinson Cano, you know, does he need PEDs to perform at a high level batting average-wise and to hit home runs and to get RBIs and whatever? You know, I still believe that Brandon Nimmo is your best bat by far. Oh, definitely so, not. Also, he hit like two. Why, why are we going crazy over Brandon Nimmo? He hit 250, 260 last year. And, I, I, yeah, the Indians, they would definitely want Noah Syndergaard and uh, Jimenez. I don't think I would trade the shortstop prospect. Well, that's Jimenez. another Well, that's another problem yeah. when you look at it. you Not only Jimenez, but 
you know, to trade up Syndergaard. That's a lot. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't do that. That's a lot. I mean, Syndergaard is what right now? I think he's 25, 26 years old. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of years of control left. To trade, obviously, Corey Kluber has a has a history sheet, a stat sheet behind him. He's played in World Series before. He's been clutch in playoff moments, but he's an older pitcher. Honestly, 34th. in my opinion, Kyle, I would trade Noah Syndergaard in a heartbeat. When was the last time you seen Noah Syndergaard play a full season as a New York Mets? Yeah, but or Kyle. Or a full season in general. To add, compared to Corey Kluber. No, yeah, you're completely right. I'm just, on top of that, you know, it's not just going to be a Syndergaard-Kluber swap. It's going to be some other guys in oh, the starting I mean, lineup rather than the prospects. Yeah, I don't think the but Indians do that. There's a guy named A.J. Pollock out there who could play center field just as good as Brendan Nimmo. Yeah, I, Dawes was actually... Yeah, he was talking about that before. Yeah, the I, I, would, I would like to sign uh, A.J. Pollock because, you know, it doesn't yeah, cost exactly. any assets. And, I mean, exactly. they, they, like, have to. When you look at their projected lineup, it says Juan Lagares in it. That can't be happening. Like, I don't care if you want to go exactly. love. They need, they need like, and, uh, A.J. Pollock. So I would yeah, love that for me the next move. And then, I don't think they're going to get Rumuto because, like we said, they have, like, no more assets. Unless they want to trade Rumuto for Brandon Nimmo, I'll do that. But I don't think that's happening. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Heartbeat, yeah. The one thing I do need to say about this team, we need to open up our wallet. I, I, I mean, I they mean, are right now. Yeah, they are, but they've also done that in the past and signed one player and say, oh, I'm done. Yeah. no. The, you know, we, we need to actually open up our wallet and start paying these players. If we yeah. want to be a contender this season, if not this season, next season. If they That's could, um, if they could just spend for AJ Pollock, that would be that'd be fantastic. That would be a solid enough move to uh, solidify that infield for sure. Yes, it was. Yeah, well, the outfield, but yeah, Outf- um, yeah, outfield, <laughs> it's okay. outfield. My bad. No, but Kyle, I just, uh, you know, I thank you for calling in before uh, before we let you go right now. I just want to get an overall view. I mean, is this a win for the Mets? This trade? Uh, it definitely makes them better than last week. Like if you said the Mets and Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz, how can you say that's a downgrade, right? It's, it's more of an upgrade than anything. Absolutely. Right Absolutely. now, right now, within the next two years, yes. Who knows, five years down the line, Kellenic could be a superstar and we could, you know, kick at our butts. But, you know, hey, right now it's a win, right? For sure, yeah. for sure. Definitely leaves the Mets above in that division. Definitely allows them to compete. So, Kyle, I thank you again for calling in, man. Appreciate it. No problem, Kyle. Good luck, guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You're awesome, too. All right, so that was uh, Kyle Earnhardt, everybody. Kyle Earnhardt. Earnhardt. Uh, James Earhart. Oh, names names today. It's It's just not going through my brain, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, Kyle had brought up an interesting point about Real Muto. And, you know, me last year, as just a fan of baseball, and seeing how the Marlins were being sellers, just giving away everybody, you know, they gave away Giancarlo Stanton, gave away Christian Yelich, Gave away Marcelo Zuno. Gave away two straight MVPs. Two straight MVPs. Crazy. You know, Real Muto, I thought the Mets should have jumped on him last year. Now they have another another opportunity because the Marlins probably are going to be in the same boat again this year. For sure. Yeah. You know, obviously they traded away a lot of their assets, but for me personally, Real Muto is the guy you need to get. You don't need to get another pitcher. You don't need to get another outfielder. You need a catcher. I mean, you have yeah. Travis Darno as your starting catcher yeah, going okay. into the season. I, he, he, There's no way they're going to. Like, I think they'll go with the, as much as I don't want to use Monte Grandal, I think they'll go with uh, Grandal and uh, Maldonado route, which I do I do like better than trading for Rio Muto because it's going to cost a lot because he, he's well-deserving. There's, like, what, three good catchers in the entire league right now? Yeah, it's probably Sanchez, Rio Muto, and uh, like, uh, what's, not, not much after that. No, Kansas City Royals catcher. Oh, yeah, Salvador Perez. Salvador yeah. Perez, yep. But, uh, yeah, man, you got, like, Wilson Contreras, but that's that's it. Yeah, like th- then we're pushing six tops for hitting wise. Yeah, so I mean at that point they're going to ask for a lot and as they should. Yeah, so I guess it all depends on what they're asking. Obviously, obviously, 
All right, that's our MLB portion of the show. Now we're going to switch over to college football. So the top four came out this week, and uh, Dawes, I see you shaking your head in the corner of my eye. Yeah. Bama is number one seed, Clemson number two, Notre Dame number three, and oh, I, I see what you put on the sheet. You put Ohio. Oh, wait, no, you put Oklahoma, my yeah, bad. Yeah. At number four. Oklahoma at number four. Ohio State finishes as number six. And then University of Georgia finishes at number five. Dawes, I, 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 mean, I, I, I got to jump on you for this. Uh, I what, hate it. Give me, give me your opinion. I think the committee is frauds. I mean, Ohio State <laughs> plays three hours of bad football, and that negates an entire season. Just, it's just three hours when you think about it. Yeah, but they lost to a team that wasn't even ranked. Uh, listen, I completely agree with you. I think the committee got it wrong. But not oh, for the reason of in Ohio State's favor. Oh, they got it wrong so many ways. I think they got it wrong because I don't. I love Oklahoma, but to keep Georgia out of there is huge. Georgia, yeah. good team. Georgia's well deserved. Yeah, I think they're easily the second best team in college football. I would totally agree, and it's it's their own fault for wording it weird and not putting the teams in that define the way they define the college football playoffs. They say the best four teams, but yet they want the best four resumes and accolades, like championships and stuff. But uh. Notre Dame. Well, I don't think they should be in. I think you should have to play on Championship Saturday to get into the playoffs. And they weren't there because they're cowards and won't join a conference. I don't understand. Tom oh. is going to jump over you for that one. But well, this, this, is, this, this has been my right take. Now. This has been my take for a while. No, it's been my take too. And I seriously considered it last week, thinking about you know if Georgia beats Bama and Ohio State and. Um, not Ohio State, and Oklahoma beats Texas. You know, does Notre Dame get knocked out? Because Georgia definitely begin, belongs in there. Alabama, yeah. you know they're not going to kick out. And Clemson, they're not going to kick out. And you know because Georgia won, they got to put them in there somewhere. Does Notre Dame get knocked out? But luckily, in my opinion, Bama wound up coming back, winning the game. Great game. Beating great game. And Notre Dame stays in. But Dawes, I completely agree with you. And uh, I don't think that Notre Dame has had such a tough schedule this year. They really haven't. I don't think they've they struggled with a lot of teams. You're completely right. When you say the top four, you know it's not the best team. It's the best resume. Yeah. And that's what Notre Dame has. You, 12, 12 is 12 and 0, though. Yeah, 12 and 0 is 12 and 0. But Unless you're UCF, obviously. 12 and 0 against not so great opponents. Like, like pretty good. They had Michigan. I mean, listen, they had, with, they had some games. They had some games where they were questionable. And, you know, Ball State being as close as it was. Vanderbilt. USC. Yikes. I mean, they definitely had some games where it questions, you know, is Notre Dame the third best team in the country? And I don't think so. I think the committee messed up, and Georgia should have been in it. You think uh, you think they put Notre Dame in because they didn't have so many big games that they figured, well, why don't we put them in some big games right now and see how they fare out? And then for, like, next year, if they don't fare out well, they're not in? Well, I think a team like Notre Dame, because it's Notre Dame, if they go 12-0, they'll get in every time under this, like, definition of the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, what I found fraudulent about the – committee they said Oklahoma got in over Ohio State because they beat everyone on their schedule because they lost to Texas but then beat them in the playoff so if, so if Purdue makes the playoffs and uh, the beat the championship game and Ohio State beats them then they're in that makes no sense so like their definition was depending on uh who is in the championship game yeah I no. didn't like that yeah for sure but you know when it comes to Notre Dame and, and we've been talking about it a lot on this show because uh one of our very own Tom Scavetta, he is a huge Fighting Irish fan, and well so. I mean, a 12-0 season is a 12-0 season. At the end of the day, I don't think they had the resume to be in the top four. I don't think they did, and that's that's my opinion on it. 
when it comes down to the fact that, you know, Oklahoma is a well-deserved team. Their only loss of the season was to Texas, and they wanted up beating Texas. And then you look at Ohio State, who had that phenomenal game against Michigan and came back. Wow. Dwayne Haskins, probable Heisman Trophy winner. All right, Dawes, we got a, uh, we got a phone caller. We do. Caller, please give me your name. Call hey, it. this is Tom. This is Tom. Uh, hey, Tommy. This is Tom Scavetta. How are you doing, Tom? Our very own, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Scavetta, usual host of Review and Preview on Friday nights, but I am filling in for him. Tom, I know you've been listening to us, man. What, what, what are you going to tell us about Notre Dame? Give me, give me, give me a well, take. First, first off, you guys did a really good job in the baseball segment, and thank you for the kind words, but I've got one thing to say. You guys couldn't be more wrong with your analysis <laughs> on Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame did play top-tier teams this season. Not only did they beat Michigan, it's not always about blowing people out. Wins are wins, regardless of by how many points. Notre Dame always plays close games. You know, for example, a road game against USC is so undervalued this year because of the guys that they lost last year. But the fact that they were able to win that game, they beat Pittsburgh in a potential trap game. And you, you look at it, they beat so many ranked teams at the time. Look what they did to number 12 Syracuse in the Bronx over 700 miles away from their home field. They destroyed them. They gave up three points the whole game. The Virginia Tech game, they were ranked. They beat them. Uh, I don't know if they played Boston College this year. I want to say they did. And then they beat them as well. So you're looking at it. That's four to five ranked teams without being in a power conference. Tom, let me... defense is the reason why they're in the top four. They're, me... clear, they're clearly better than the Buckeyes. They're clearly better more. than Georgia. Let me ask you a question, Tom. I just want to get I want to get your take on a obviously listen, we know the top four seeding, nothing is changing at this point. But before this previous week's games, you know, if Georgia beats Bama and Oklahoma State beats Texas, which they did, not Oklahoma State, oh my Oklahoma University University of Oklahoma. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If they wind up beating Texas, which they did, does Notre Dame get left out? Who gets left out in that so, scenario if Georgia beats Alabama? Here's, here's, here's my take on it, and my, my answer is no, because Notre Dame was the only unofficial guaranteed lock going into this weekend. If you look at the rankings online, I mean, you, you can say that things on paper don't mean much, and you're right, they don't until you know everybody goes out there on the field and plays on championship Saturday, but Notre Dame was 99% guaranteed to get in before the weekend started. Like, you know, it's kind of like, here's the problem. UCF went undefeated as well, but they didn't play anybody really of big significance, as where Notre Dame did. Yeah. You know, you talk about the Stanford game as well. Guys, half of Notre Dame's schedule was against ranked teams. This was the hardest schedule that they've had since 2014. And they went undefeated. They went 12-0, and and they I, I think they have... You know, Ian Book, who's a, a fantastic quarterback, who, you know, who's a borderline Heisman candidate for what he's done this year. They've, did, they've done this with a backup quarterback, essentially. I mean, he's no longer a backup now, but how can you leave them out? I understand you have two powerhouse SEC teams, but the problem is you can't lose in college football. You That's can't true. lose. That's true. And the fact that Georgia law, it doesn't matter who you play. You know, I mean, you look at the NFL, and there's some divisions that are really tough, conferences that are really tough. You can't lose. No, it's that's, a, 
that, that that's the part that I think you and dogs are missing here. No, you're hundred percent right that you can't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are head to head against another team. It matters what you do on the football field, and your resume does speak volumes to your record. Notre Dame's resume spoke volumes to why they were twelve and zero. Notre Dame had an extremely tough schedule, a lot more tougher schedule than you think. Uh, you know, I know Clem isn't there, and I know Earhart's not on the show, but I'm going to argue with this guys. I'm going to argue with you guys about this for a while. Notre Dame, if no, no, nobody should be doubting why Notre Dame is in the college football playoff. No, not a you know, not, not a only, matter of say we'll say that you know because we 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 went twelve and zero. We did our job. You can't take that away from us. No, nobody's but, doubting what Notre Dame did. You, you just, guys just did three minutes ago because it's right? a it's a it's a scenario in which you have to question. I mean, I definitely questioned going into last week because at one point in the game it looked like Georgia was going to pull the upset against Alabama, and you knew Oklahoma was going to wind up beating Texas, which wound up happening. And if Georgia wins that game, it's not a matter of what we think is right. Tom, of course, a 12-0 team, 100 times out of 100 times, deserves to be in the top four. Even USC, I think they deserve to be ranked higher. Not in the top four, obviously, but a little higher. But at the end of the day, right. are the wins, you know, a win at a, a so, win against Alabama is, is like winning the championship. So you can't, say, right. you can't say that Georgia doesn't deserve to be in. Somebody's got to move out. And somebody's got to move in. That's not what I'm saying. Nobody has to move out. The team, you know, who was number four heading into this week? It was Georgia. It was Georgia. Georgia wouldn't, even if Oklahoma won, they wouldn't have unseated Notre Dame. It wouldn't have been enough. I agree they wouldn't have, but I feel like. Because they beat a team that they lost to earlier in the season, which basically negates that loss. But, you know, you still lost them. And, you know, Georgia with one loss, they would have stayed. Maybe Notre Dame drops the four, but they're not dropping out of the top four. I mean, it's ludicrous to even think that, if you ask me. All right, so, Tom, while we got you on the line, I'm going to ask you a few more questions. Sure. We got the top four seeds. We we know that Alabama is playing Oklahoma. We know that right. Notre Dame is playing Clemson. You know, what is your yeah. projection of the championship game, and what is your projection of the winner? Um. So, my projection right now is that nobody is going to touch Alabama. Uh, you know, especially with Georgia left out. Yeah. Uh, but my thing is this. I, I, I think Alabama beats Oklahoma, yeah, but Oklahoma's going to leave it all out on the field. They're going to leave their hearts out on the field. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be I think it's going to be tough for Alabama, no, no matter how good their defense is this year. I think it's going to be tough for them to contain Oklahoma's right. offense. I'm not really – obviously, Oklahoma, their defense isn't that great compared to Alabama's, but – to contain their offense is definitely a job that's not going to be a given for Alabama. My concern for Alabama is the quarterback position. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt that there's no doubt that Tua should start. The media is going to portray this all up until that game. Oh, it's going to be between Hurts and Tua. No, Tua hands down he's going to start yeah. the game against Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think they're going to run over the Sooners. But the game that really seems interesting to me is the Tigers and the Fighting Irish because. I don't think this game will be a blowout. I do think Clemson is the second-best team in the playoffs. But if you look at Clemson, they're a lot younger than Notre Dame. It's not always about who's the most skilled on the day of the game. Intellectually, who's the smarter team out there? Tom, I like, that, Notre Dame I like that you brought a lot of, I like that you brought that up because, you know, when everybody forgets, you know, Clemson, Kelly Bryant left. 
they're starting Trevor Lawrence right now, who's a redshirt freshman. Everybody forgets yeah. about that when Clemson looks at the uh, when people look at the record of Clemson. You know, obviously a team to be number two seed, you'd have to believe. If you never watched a game of Clemson in your life this season, you'd have to believe that they're right. a team that's been around for a long time. They have a consistent starter behind uh, behind center, but no, they got a redshirt yeah. freshman that can make mistakes. And, you know, that's something for Notre Dame that they have to take advantage of to win this game because I believe that Clemson will wind up coming out victorious. But By a lot. for Notre Dame, they have to take advantage of the fact that they got a redshirt freshman behind a center for so, Clemson. This is my thing. Clemson's not okay. So it's either going to be Clemson by two possessions or Notre Dame by one because you can't count Notre Dame out of this game because they're led by upperclassmen and they cause opposing quarterbacks to make mistakes. And I love the fact that nobody's giving Notre Dame a chance in this game. And I'm sure you and Dawes they have no shot. Notre Dame. They have no shot. Right, and you and you keep saying that, which Correct. gives them more fire to play, you know, with yeah. their... Yeah, but you know, Clemson just and, and has look, better players, so this is all nice about upperclassmen. It, it but, doesn't always matter. It doesn't, doesn't always matter who has better players. Did, did you hear what I just said about the intellectual Yeah, level? but that's all fun and games until you got to play them. Notre Dame has a more organized team, and they're going to take advantage of yeah. the mistakes their defense can cause Clemson. They can cause Clemson to make mistakes and turnovers. This is a very young quarterback. This isn't being played in South Carolina. This is being played in a neutral site. That's being true. In a neutral site. Yeah, That's but uh, Clemson is well more Notre coached Dame than Notre Dame. When I look at that? when I look at um, so Clemson's be- uh, better coached team than Notre Dame. Davo's definitely better I than. Did, uh, I I I think it's a lot closer than you think. Oh, Brian Kelly was very successful at Cincinnati. And, I mean, to Dabo Sweeney, I mean, he's hands down the second-best coach behind Nick Saban. But Brian Kitt, Notre Dame is so un- un- underrated because they're not in a power conference. They don't know how they can compete against a lot of these teams. But now you're starting to see their schedule strengthen a little bit, and they're able to compete against these higher-powered teams. And you see it. Maybe, you know, teams that aren't necessarily ranked above them, but Michigan, for example, a Big Ten team, and they handed it to them. Yeah, they won by they seven. They didn't exactly beat them. They didn't exactly beat them by a lot of points, but it doesn't always matter what the score says. Sometimes the game is a lot further apart than what the score says. Notre Dame, they did, in fact, hand it to them in that game. Michigan scored, you know, they scored some points late, but it wasn't enough to come back. And Notre Dame does, Notre Dame does, you guys have to understand something. It's not about blowing people out and winning by close games. Notre Dame, they don't blow people out. You got to, you got to remember, Brandon Wimbush was starting the game against Michigan, not Ian Book. Think about that for a second. Yeah, but I think Ian Book is on a whole nother level, and he barely makes mistakes. And I think there's no way you can count Notre Dame out of this game. I think they have a very good chat shot at winning. Uh, if I had to pick the game right now, I definitely wouldn't call it a blowout on Clemson's end. I think Clemson should definitely be favored, but there's no way you can count Notre Dame out of this game. No way. I'm counting them out. All right. Tom, we are running – a little late on time, so I'm going to have to let you go. But, Tom, I appreciate the commentary. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity yeah. to host the show again for the second time. And, uh, as always, thank you. Have a good night, Tom. Yeah, no. All right. Take care, Kyle. Good night. Night. Everybody, that was uh, Mr. Tom Scavetta. He is the usual host for Review and Preview. Uh, he has given me the opportunity to host tonight for the show. And, uh, Tom, again, thank you. So, guys, let's get back into college football. We'll finish up a little quickly. Um, Heisman. Heisman watch. You know, you got Dwayne Haskins, you got Ky- Kyler Murray, Tua, 
not, not going to attempt the last name. You it's know, tough. I've been, I've, I've been messing up easy names tonight. You know, to announce yeah. that name would be a difficult for me. So, out of those three guys, guys, who do we think is going to win the Heisman? Um, you know, I want to be biased here. I think the best player is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, talking like NFL ready, but I think they're going to give it to Kyler Murray. That's interesting. It's mm. an interesting thing because I truly do believe that Dwayne Haskins deserves it. I do. I agree too. I do, but He's I think it's. Crazy. I don't think it's going to go to Kyler Murray. I think Ooh. it's going to wind up going to Tua. Ooh. And this is this is awesome because usually it's like, you know, we, we know who it's going to be. Yeah. This year it's kind of it's a toss up. Who do yeah. you think, James? Yeah. What do you think, James? Uh, I'm probably yeah, going to go with Tua. Yeah. No. Listen. That's, that's, that's how you say his first name. I mean, that's just, any of these picks is really a good pick. There's yeah. no really wrong pick. It's, I, it's a lot closer than it is in previous years. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think it's going to come down to those very few deciding moments of the voting. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. For sure. And to quickly wrap it up, real quick, guys. Um, predictions for the national championship. Who do we think two teams are going to be in it? Oh. Who do we think is going to come out victorious? I think the semifinals are going to be very boring games. Both steamrolls. You know, they could be upperclassmen all they want. They still have to face the best D-line in college football and some of the best talent in college football. So I expect both teams to cover. And then, you know, boring answer, Alabama over Clemson. And a boring answer, but probably will happen answer. So that's my pick. James? Uh, I'm probably going to go with Mike on that one. You know, Alabama, yeah. most it's, definitely. It's taking, taking chalk, the favorites. Yeah, guys, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm going to take Alabama, too. You know, they, they just, as Tom said on the phone call, they, they're just untouchable. untouchable. They're an untouchable team, the uh, offensively, defensively. The only team that could touch them is Georgia. Is not in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We'll yeah. see if uh, Clemson has some more magic, but not with, you know, they don't have, much, they don't have uh, enough talent to compete, I don't think. All right, so that will end our first segment for tonight. You are listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWPSports.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Mike, I like the choice selection of uh, Ice Cube. You know, today was a good day. Today was a good day. It is a good day. It is a good day. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right into it. We are going to be talking about the New York football Giants. As a fan of the New York football Giants, this past Sunday's game surprised me. And surprised me is an understatement. The fact that the Giants were able to come out victorious against one of the greatest defenses that I think I've ever seen. There yep. is no weakness in this defense. And yet the New York Giants managed to put together a full, complete game and come out victorious. Dawes. They did. This is uh, this is true. And, yeah, you know, won by a field goal. And uh, the best defense you've ever seen. It's, one I mean, of the best defenses pretty good I've at all seen. levels. They do have elite at all levels. You're convincing me now. They do. I mean, yeah, Eddie from, Jackson to the great linebackers to – Amukamara, you have Leonard yeah, Floyd in yeah. there. You have Roquan Smith, everybody forgets about. Khalil Mack, I forgot about a defensive line. Oh, Yeah, you know what? It's a very good win, even with Chase Daniel. Excellent, yeah. 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 So the Giants at home beat the Chicago Bears 30-27 to in OT. Very exciting game. There's, there's a lot of things that you really don't see happening on no. in this game. You saw two players, two non-quarterback players throw touchdowns to Rico and Odell Beckham Jr., and you saw a defensive touchdown in Alec Ogletree. You don't see that every day. I mean, it was yeah. overall a very exciting game. And, guys, it was a – I don't want to bring this up, but it was a funny little debate that we were having on the uh, review and preview group chat. You know, should Odell start a quarterback? And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's two for two, 100-plus yards, two touchdowns on the completion. I just wanted to get that in there. All seriousness, Eli Manning won us this game. Eli Manning – had a phenomenal. He didn't have a phenomenal. 
He had an okay game. He had an okay game. But yeah, he managed to pull good. out a win. He managed to pull out a win for us. We had some, of course, performances by Saquon Barkley over 125 yards. This man, you know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. He might be the best overall back in all of football. I think he's the number one back in all of football. You know, you give if you put Saquon Barkley, I think the only person ahead of Saquon Barkley is Todd Gurley. And I think the only reason why he's ahead, you know, you put Saquon on that Rams team, I think he does double what Gurley does. Really. Double is aggressive, but it, I'll give you this about Barkley. If I'm starting a franchise and I want a running back, I'm taking Barkley. Yeah. yeah. That's not even close. Yeah. You know, age and he's, he's pretty good. Confirmed oh, oh, good. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah, guys, I'm confirming he's good. James, you let me get here first. James, let me get your take yeah. on this game. This, it was an exciting game all around. Listen, I've, uh, I was like, all right, I got to watch this. And uh, I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting because we were playing the Bears defense. Um, but as soon as the kickoff happened and Ogletree got that pick six, uh, yeah. pick six yeah. that kind of set the tone of the game. It did. I was like, you know what? We're coming out swinging. It did. Um, because you look at it, pick six, they got it back. I believe they shut them down again. You know, we, we held them for a while. Yeah, we did. Um, our defense played very well, which... You know, we've had in the past. We've had inconsistent performances, yep. though. Yeah. Um, I, I did like that. The offense played well. You know, again, Barkley doing his Barkley thing. You, yeah. you really can't go wrong with that man. He, he's, he's just... He's hurtling over carry, people. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, he, he he's the man of that he's, offense right now. He is your he is your Madden prototype running back. That's what Saquon Barkley yeah. is. He does anything and everything. Um, Odell, again, with his touchdown... Um, you know, I, I, it was all around a good game. Yes, there were some mistakes made on either side of the ball, you know, but that happens as the game progresses. But the way we played against the Bears, I think we're going to be spoilers come down the rest of the season yeah, for I, some certain teams, I you think, know. Be, yeah. The way we played showed, I mean, yes, the second half after our bye week, we beat those two teams. We lost against the Eagles. We should have won. You know, there was a few games earlier in the season that we should have won because, you know, a 61-yard field goal, for example. Yeah. Um, but this showed us that, listen, we could end the season on a really good note, and we could ultimately have, you know, a good season next season with all these, you know, with most of the same guys. I think we kind of got an idea on our offensive line now. Yeah. I you think know, just, just a little bit. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we got rid of Flowers, and uh, I think it's been what we've kind of created like a you know a just pulling stuff out of the hat kind of thing has kind of yeah, worked the offense has kind of solidified yeah. itself you know with the offensive line i think they just it was just a matter of building chemistry yeah you know all these guys they were all new to the team chad wheeler was the only guy from last year that's on the starting lineup the starting offensive line and to go back to your point james about you know we're going to spoil the giants are going to spoil some other team season i think that's true but the scariest part for me as a Giants fan, when I look at each and every one of these games, even even this game coming up against the Redskins this weekend, yeah. you know, are we really winning these games? Like, because when you look at these games, we're playing teams that are not at full health, and the wins that we're pulling away at are, are garbage teams. You know, you look at the 49ers game. Yeah. They're missing Jimmy Garoppolo. That's that's their franchise guy. And, we, and the Giants only managed to win, to win by, by four points. Yeah. Four or three points against the 49ers. Then you look at the Buccaneers game at home, 38 to 35. We nearly lost that game. To allow to allow a Buccaneers team 
who has a solid offense, to score 35 points is nuts at home. That's unacceptable. No, I, I don't care who. Really. Jameis Winston is, is notorious for throwing interceptions, and you allowed four touchdowns from him to be thrown. Yeah. Then that, then that Eagles game, that Eagles game was very close, and it was definitely a winnable game. We fell apart at the end. And then you go back to this past week's game against the Bears. Obviously, listen, the Giants' well-deserved win. Yes. At the end of the day, they didn't have Mitchell Trubisky. No. And, I mean, even Chase Daniels, he threw for 288 yards. Two, 280 yards. What would Mitchell Trubisky do? You maybe double that. Maybe. Not double the yardage, but maybe double the play, throwing a couple touchdowns yeah. in there. But at the same time you looked at it, we played against a good, the number one ranked defense in the league, I No, believe. that's what I'm saying. No. You know, obviously, I, listen, you know, it's a two-way street. You know, you have a fen- phenomenal defense, but, you know, without Mitch Trubisky in there, you know, besides Tariq Cohen doing anything for you, because Tariq Cohen is the reason why this team offensively was able to compete. Oh, yeah. I mean, Allen Robinson was a no-factor. Anthony Miller, up until the end when he caught the touchdown thrown by Tariq Cohen, I mean, this, this, this offense was a non-factor in this game. 100% correct. And then you look at this Redskins game coming up this Sunday. I mean, another win that is, you know, a game that the Giants, no doubt in my mind, 10 out of 10 times should win this game. Yeah. But, you know, if you have Alex Smith healthy, are, are you going to win this game? Maybe, maybe not. That's what I'm saying. You know, you have yeah. Mark Sanchez behind quarterback, uh, playing quarterback for the Redskins this weekend. Mr. Buttfumbler. Mr. Buttfumbler. You know? Mr. Buttfumbler. I'm st- like, stop showing replays, sports stations. We get it. He he fumbled with his butt or Brandon Moore's butt. I'm so tired of seeing these replays. Did you see it again? He he it, actually did it again. He fumbled no, the ball on the first and play recovered the ball with no, his I butt. Yeah. He, he's a magician. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the Giants they have four wins on the season. We and, do, and they're good wins. Yeah, but are they verified when you look at the teams? You know, we played a garbage team in Tampa. Four Niners were missing their starting quarterback. Then you have the then you have this past week against the Chicago Bears. You know they were missing their star quarterback. You have a phenomenal defensive. You have a def, uh, phenomenal defensive side of the ball, no doubt about it. But still, and then you go up against this Redskins team, and you just say to yourself, you know, especially when it comes down to the draft, you know, when you have a team that's now winning in the second half of the season, the playoff hopes are. Uh, ESPN did a report. The Giants have a 0.1% chance to come out top victorious in the division. Yes, I did see that. You know, are these wins going to hurt you in the end? Because at the end of the day, I know we were having a big discussion about this. A very big discussion about this. I actually got into a couple arguments. But should this Giants team, obviously, listen, the players are going to want to win. They're going to play their hearts out. But is it the best thing for this Giants team? Do they need the upper class of the players in this draft to make them better? Because I truly believe that they do. I really do. Because if you look at these games, I mean, if they have their starters, we could easily be a two-win team right now or even a one-win team. No, I, I agree. We, we could be a one-win. We, we could be ultimately sitting back where we were last year at this time. Yeah. I think having two wins. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but I do think that you do have a point. Do we, um, we want to go after the guys up in this draft? Um, personally... I don't think so because I think building the chemistry with this team of winning may be more helpful at yeah. this point. Yeah. So then come next season, you know, if our offensive line this stays the way it is or add another, you know, substitute only a few guys in and out, um, I think that would be cool. 
but I see where you're coming from, you know, drafting up a little higher, getting maybe a better defensive lineman, maybe drafting a quarterback. That offensive he, lineman, well, you, know. you know. by drafting all these other guys, but at the same time, do we want to hurt, say, a chemistry that has now started to build with these yeah. guys? And then all of a sudden be like, oh, let's lose this game, let's not participate in this game. Do, do we want to risk that factor where come next? Since it took us so long to be one unified team now, do we want to restart all over again? No, James, you you're know? 100% right. And and obviously, listen, as a team, you know, that's they're kind of young. They're young. Oh, yeah. They're young on the defensive side. And a team that's building chemistry, do you want to necessarily interfere with that chemistry? Do you want to end, obviously, the season to begin with was terrible. Yeah. But to end on a high note, that I think that's what the Giants are looking for. Obviously, nobody's tanking. Nobody's trying to lose games. No, not at all. But, you know, you want to end the season on a high note. And back to... This game against Chicago, you know, B.J. Hill coming out as a as a sleeper in this draft, really had a phenomenal game against this team. Three sacks, Alec Ogletree, two interceptions, one return for a touchdown. They brought him over here for that, too. Yep, they did. The Rams, you know. They did. And this, this team, they showed me that they could really compete with other teams. I mean, obviously, listen, a win is a win. But against, uh, you know, a win against the 49ers, what does that mean? A win against Tampa, what does that mean? A win, a win against Chicago, that, 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 that's a solid win. And that's something big, especially a win against Chicago and nearly winning against the Eagles. That's true. You know, that that's two, well, one big win. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you look at it, you, you're trying to, coming from a Giants fan, it's every Sunday you're looking forward to the game. You don't know what's going to happen. Yes, a win is great. A loss is obviously not as great. Um or great at all, but at the same time, we look at this, we're like, all right, we take, as me personally, I take it a game at a time. It's true. I'm like, I can't jump ahead to week 17 when Dallas may be sitting every player because they're in the playoffs. You're right. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a start in the right direction. Um, I don't say our coach is on the hot seat at all. No, I don't think anymore. Because, I think at a point in time he was, but yeah, I think if they consistently lost after their bye week, yeah. he may be. But I think he's shown the organization that listen, this is what we have to build around. Listen, you that he's a capable coach. Yeah, yeah that he's yeah. a capable coach, and that he may not show it on the sidelines, which I've seen. Yeah, he gets he, emotional. He's an yeah. emotional coach. Yeah. So by having him. I think, um, and a few players now working together and understanding each other, you know, obviously getting called out in the media, whatever, but now understanding each other, kind of, it seems like they're having more an open conversation. Rather than, you know, talking behind somebody's back. Yeah. You know, and build a little more uh, trust, relationship, trust, you know, going into a second season, because obviously this season, you know, doesn't start off the way you want it to. Now you're playing well, but there's really no chance for you to make the playoffs. Going into a second season, that's something you need, especially having... One of the biggest things in football is having your players stand behind your coach. Yes. Last year, we did not see that at all. Last year, we didn't see that. Um, this year, we're seeing that more. We're un- They are willing to go through the Gettleman and Shermer, Shermer era. era. And, they're, you know, and, and, and they're defending their guys. Yeah. And they're defending their guys. No, James, I completely agree with you. So now game predictions for this week. Giants versus the Redskins. Guys, we just talked about it a little bit. I don't see any reason why or how the Giants could manage to lose this game. I don't see anything. There is nothing that makes me believe that the Giants are going to lose this game. There's not. There's really nothing. If, if we lose to a Mark Sanchez quarterback team, that's going to – that's 
That's going to be pretty. It's going to be hurtful. That I, is going to be. That's going to be horrific. That's. Yeah, I. If we lose somehow, we have to be terrible. Barkley can't be th- a factor. Then can't be a factor. Odell has to get shut down by Josh Norman. And Eli has to get sacked a million times. The offensive line has to be gone. It's just. Well, and, I don't see that the happening. defense must be still in the locker room then. Yeah, exactly. The defense, <laughs> you know, I mean, defense isn't even on the field. You just got one guy standing there, you know, against a lineup of eleven. Yeah. No, but anyway, get right into it because we want to get into the Jets coming up. Game predictions for this Giants game. I'm going to pick the Giants to go to win thirty to thirteen. That's going to be my prediction. I will, I will pick the Giants to win twenty-four, thirteen. Okay, James. I am going with Big Blue. 24-17. It may get a little tight, but I think we'll pull through. Um, I do have Kyle Earhart's pick for this game as well. All right, give me Kyle's pick. He is going with the Redskins. Wow. Smart man. Yeah. This is the most NFL makes no sense game ever. The Redskins will win this game. I know it in my heart. It will make no sense. They will win the game very ugly, and I'll be sitting here next week like, that made no sense. You want to know his score prediction? What's the score prediction? 21-20. No, 14-10. That's that's actually not bad. I can see that. Yeah, you know, because the Redskins aren't going to score a lot of points, and there's games in which the Giants have been absolutely shut down against terrible defenses. We saw it against Atlanta. Yeah. We saw it against the Redskins early in the season. Yeah, and you guys said, you know, all those things that can go wrong if they lose. They sometimes, they get rid of Barkley themselves by not giving him the ball sometimes. That's what happened at the Eagles game. Yeah, they shut him down themselves. They don't even let the other team do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they keep... Just give him the ball every play. I feel like that yeah, would work. You know, if he has like a solid 20, 25 carries a game, you know, it's almost oh, a, They should win by a, 20. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the Jets now. Dawes. Oh, yikes. <laughs> this Tennessee game was one of the most disgusting games disgusting. I've ever seen in my life. It was just the way it was played, the play calling by Jeremy Bates. And can oh somebody, God. I mean, can somebody explain to me how Todd Bowles still has a job Monday morning? I could explain that. Because well, the real question is, why does he still have a job after that Bills game? That's true. Here's the answer: because the Jets. You talked to you talked to Todd. You talked to no, no, no. McCagnan. Talked to Woody and Chris. The yeah. Owners. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> okay. No, but I don't think they will do that because the players do like him, and that's like, you know, not to say it's a Browns thing to do because the Packers just did it, but maybe they're showing him a little more respect by doing it. I don't know, but also that could be they have no one to replace him because like if he he get well, if he gets fired, Jeremy Bates. Has to get fired too. It's, I think it's more his fault. He's terrible. You so, really believe it's Jeremy Bates? Well, I believe it's a huge combination of Bowles, Bates, and McCagnan. You don't but, think uh, it's upon the. Uh, you know, when I look at Todd Bowles, he's notorious for being a defensive guy. And this defense is is not good. They're not good. I mean, with the offense, at least you know what you're going to get. Offense. Well, everything is better than the Jets' offense. Yeah, the, the Jets, Jets don't have an offense. They don't yeah. have. A single good player on the offense. They don't. Not one. Chris Herndon well, is okay, but they don't have a single good player yeah, on the that's, offense. That's good. So you're not saying Darnold? He's not good right now. I mean, endless potential. Yeah. But uh, right now, the entire 53-man roster has one good player, and it's Jamal Adams. Yeah. This team stinks. Yeah. This team has been horribly drafted for years, and it's all Mike McCagman's fault. Do you think it's a one-two, one-two punch with the firing? No, I, I saw someone on uh, – Said that they're gonna like keep McCagney and let him pick the next coach, which is a disaster. Why would you let him? Why pick would the next? you do that? That doesn't make any. That makes no sense. It, well, because he technically didn't pick Todd Bowles, but uh, I don't know why they want to give this guy another try. He has done nothing. Like he he's had some good trades, definitely very good trades, but his free agent signings have been sketchy. His 
drafting has been atrocious. He's been one of the worst drafters in the league. His drafting, it, 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 literally, the worst last three years. Rice. Wait, what? Worse than Jerry Rice? Well, him and Jerry Reese, I mean, it's, Reese, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, Reese, Rice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, well, no, definitely not worse than uh, Jerry Reese, but he's right there. He is right. He is right. There. <laughs> you know, because he would have been fired a long time ago. Because literally, the last three years, he's had picks fall to him. You've had exactly. Jamal Adams fall to you. Titans should have taken him. I don't care how good Corey Davis is. Titans should have taken him at safety. Agreed. Leonard Williams should have been off the board. Yeah. He and fell also, right there. Leonard Williams hasn't done anything. No, he's been awful this year. He's been awful. He's been, and he was terrible last year too. He was, and people don't like to say it because he's a six overall pick, but he's he's not a good player at the moment. No, because I think the Jets, when they drafted him, they wanted. They saw him as a sack machine, and he's just not. Yeah, that he's guy. not. He's he's so big. He he could be an elite run stuffer, yeah, but he's not even doing that this year. Yeah, he's gotten terrible penalties. Although he did have a very good game versus Titans, so it's tough after that performance to come and rip him. But he hasn't been good. You yeah. think he's just frustrated with the whole team play overall? He's like oh, he's this good, and he looks around his locker room and be like, "You're trash. You're trash. You're tr-. you know." Well, does he do that? Where is it the like whole, the whole defense? I feel like they're going to start turning on the offense because how can't they? Zero offensive touchdowns yesterday, and also they block a punt, they yeah. block a field goal, and a pick six, and they lose by four. You do one of those things, you usually win by like ten. Yeah, they did all three and they lost. Wow. Yeah. It's pitiful. And how many third and fives, third and six, third and threes that would end the game late in the fourth? Like, do you just get five yards and, and the game's over? Yeah. And, and they, they do. They played a Corey Davis at the end, killed him. Oh, I know. And they do pitches to Trenton Cannon. Yeah. And, like, what are they doing? This play calling is terrible. Yeah. So then where do you start? Do you, obviously, do you, do you automatically, as soon as week 17 ends, you get rid of the coach? Oh, he's gone on Monday. He's gone on yeah, Monday. Of course. It's a foregone conclusion. He's gone. He's got to go. So then, oh, what about McCagnon then? I think they'll keep him, but I would also fire him, and then just I would get uh, I would just get a GM who's who's been a GM before. Like they they always get people that are taking the job for the first time as a Jet, and it it really never works out. Let me ask you a question, Ellis. How would you feel about a Mike McCarthy being the Jets head coach? Yeah, I would like a you know because I'm not a Jets fan, but I have mixed feelings on it. Like you know, as a deprived Jets fan. I would like something better, but at this point, if he wants to coach the Jets, just come on over. Yeah. Like, that's – who are we going to hire that's better than the Mike McCarthy? That's Probably true. no one. They'll take a shot at, like, an offensive coordinator, which it might work out, and if it does, it would be better than Mike, but then you get a disaster, and then that's another wasted, what, two to three, four years off Darnold, and they really can't afford that. Yeah. No, like, they can't. They, if they if they mess this up, they are in deep trouble. Yeah. Because uh, Save McCagnon's really bad at his job, which I think he is. Mm-hmm. He hires a bad coach, which he probably will, and spends all the money w- poorly, which he probably will. Then that's four years, Sam Darnold, the Jets will do nothing. That's what I'm worried about, then, honestly. With the new coach, you get rid of the GM. Where do you start? Do you start at o- offensive line? Do you sign Bell? Do you, you know, you, you got so many holes. There's so many. They need. Where do you start? With they need team? about. Well, Bell isn't Bellwood on an offensive line. I think that's what's scary about this Jets team the Jets and need, um, why they don't want to I don't think it's about yeah. the money. I think it's about the fact that they bring him to New Team York Stinks. and pay him that money. He, 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 he does not, he's not Le'Veon Bell. They could pay anyone to get line. two yards a carry. Yeah. So, okay. And they need nine new starters on offense. They yeah. need five new linemen. Obviously, it's not realistic, but they'll get three. They have to. And, I mean, you see uh, Jermaine Curtis is going to walk, obviously. Robbie Anderson is not good. He's just not a good football player. And then you only got a noon one. Then you know Chris Hearn at tight end's been good, but they are in incredible trouble. No, yeah, I couldn't agree with incredible you more. Incredible trouble. So you know, 
No. Round two against Buffalo this, yeah. this year. You know, at Buffalo. We all know what happened last time. The Jets were at home. They played Buffalo. They, they got, got blown out within the first ten obliterated. minutes. Obliterated. Obliterated. Oh, two plays and 7 nothing. Yep. Yep. So, Dawes, what do we expect? This is Darnold's first week back since the injury. What do we expect? First game in a month. Crowell's a game-time decision. And Are we... I mean, I don't. I don't think the Jets are coming out victorious in this, I, in this game. But, I would agree. but do we see another type of score that we saw against the Jets early in the I season? I don't think they'll drop like a. I don't know. Will they put forty points on the Jets last time? 40, Forty-one. Yeah. Forty-one. Yeah. I could see them winning by two scores, like eleven-point game. But I mean, there's there's no reason anyone should say the Jets should win this game. I mean, they're terrible, and the Bills haven't played well lately with Josh Allen. Almost beat the Dolphins. They did beat the Jaguars, and it's at Buffalo, which they're better. So I give the Jets. Slim shot in this game. All right, so to finish off the break, game predictions for this game. Obviously, I think we're all in favor of the Jets. Let's get a score on this game. So I'm going to go not in favor of the Jets, all in favor of, of Buffalo. So for me, I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm going to go 27 to 10. Mm, I like the 10 for the Jets. I will pick Buffalo 21-10, 11-point game. 21-10, James. Uh, I'm going to... My gut saying Bills, but at the same time, I think the Jets are going to get some revenge after dumping a whole bunch of points on them at home. They're going so. to do. Let's do seventeen Ugh. to ten. Seventeen to ten. That is and that's a horrible game. Kyle yeah. Earhart picked Jets over Bills twenty ten. I love it twenty to ten. You Jets know, I, I hope so. Twenty. I'm to really 10. rooting for it. I don't think the Jets have a twenty point game in them. I don't think they unless they're scoring more pick sixes. Yep. I do think I, I think they'll score a touchdown this week. I don't know. I think I would hope so. I so. I do have a question before uh, we we transition. For Mike, do you think we will see Webb at all this no, season? No, definitely not. If we do, then things have gone even worse wrong, because that means there's there's really no reason to play him because you already have to see what you got in Darnold, and say he gets hurt again or whatever happens, and then McCown comes in. Then he would have to get hurt or something. Then Webb. So I would say. But why would you re-put in McCowan? Well, oh, because because Todd Bowles is going to say, "Oh, we're trying to win football games." He they would really never play Davis Webb. I don't think so. Okay. But yeah, if they didn't have, if it was just McCown and someone terrible as a backup, mm-hmm. I would say, "Yeah, put Davis Webb in." There's no reason not to. But they got to see. Donald's got to keep playing games. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they got to see what they have, because have I mean, to. he he regressed significantly. Oh, every I mean, game that he had, every game that he played, he regressed. It's yeah. true. Yep. So. They so, got to keep playing them, seeing show them out. Right. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have our top-of-the-hour break. You are listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. My name is Kyle Russo. With me tonight, Michael Dawes and James Montefusco. Guys, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. Same, so, same. James, how about you? Get oh, your, I'm get having your, a blast. You James know? having a blast, everybody. You know what? I retracted answer. I'm having a, a okay time. You have an okay time? Why an okay time? Yeah. Why? Because yeah. we just talked about the Jets, and I mean... Listen, okay, well... We I went will, from Ohio State to the Jets. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up this we'll, hour. We'll put it on How a high that? note. And I had to open the doors for some guy, so... We'll put it on a high oh. note. We'll start off... It's yeah. a nice guy. We'll, yeah. st- <laughs> of course. we'll start up with this segment with the team, your team of the week, guys. Team of the week. Right. Dawes, team of the week. I'll go first. I have the Ohio State Buckeyes. Wow. Basketball team. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I know I would. You got me a little bit. 2-0 this week versus, you know, no one good. I just picked them to say the Ohio State Buckeyes and have everyone get shocked, and it worked. And they're ranked on 19th. That's all I have to say. 
All right, Dawes' team of the week. James. It was worth that. Yeah. Your team of the week. My team of the week is going to be uh, – I had a few uh, few problems, so I'm picking one. I'm going to say the uh, – even though the Raiders didn't win, I'm going to go with them because it, they gave the Chiefs a hard time. No, yeah, that's that's a solid pick. You know, because the, a solid pick. the Chiefs won 40-33, to 33, but at the same time, the Chiefs should have probably won – by a lot more yeah. than the Raiders, you know, no, yeah, putting up sure. 33. So. You know, to give up 33 points to a Raiders team, that's that's never good, especially in the Raiders, uh, how they're playing this season. So, uh, Mr. Tom Scavetta, his team of the week is the Denver Nuggets. After retracting his statement saying that his team of the week was the Jacksonville Jaguars, ladies and gentlemen, after watching to halftime of that game, he had to retract the statement. So his team of the week this week is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, My team of the week this week is the Houston Texans. They have won nine straight football games. Their last loss was week three against the New York Football Giants. I had to put that in there. That's crazy. Of course. (laughs) It is crazy. (laughs) But, yeah, my team of the week on a nine-game win streak, the Houston Texans. Uh, Kyle Earhart, he also sent me his team of the week. All right, read it out. Um, He is going with the University of Buffalo men's basketball team. You know, I like I like Kyle's yeah, yeah. input. I, lo- I always love his commentary. Always has a surprise in there. You know, where did he pull that out of? I feel like this is name bias. Name bias? Yeah, Kyle. Oh, I see what <laughs> okay. you did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are also ranked 17 in, 17th in the country. Wow. So I, I, I don't know where he came up with this mem- this team, but you know what? You know what? It's it's something to pull out. You know, he had to dig for that. Yeah. He didn't just pull that off the top of his head. No, he, he Kyle, dug for we, that. Kyle, we thank you for your uh, commentary, and we appreciate it. I'm pretty sure you're listening right now. You called early in the show. Always love your commentary. Always good to have. Jump right into it. We are going to review and preview some of last week's NFL games. We're going to preview some of this week's NFL games, and we're going to review this past week's NFL games. But first, before we get into that, a little bit of breaking news. Calvin Benjamin, who was a former Buffalo Bill, former Carolina Panther, has signed a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. So the rich get richer. You have Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end in the league. You have Sammy Watkins. You have Tyreek Hill, the fastest man alive. Mm-hmm. Nickname is Cheetah. And you add Kelvin Benjamin, who's a, I believe, a 6'5 receiver with good hands. You know, obviously, you know, you get traded to Buffalo. You know, what, as a, as a receiver, who's supposed to be throwing you as your quarterback? Nobody. You have Josh no. Allen. He's a rookie. You, what can you expect from him? He was released early this week by Buffalo, picked up by the Chiefs, signed on a one-year deal. And, you know, with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, he could really succeed, I, I believe, in this offense. He could really be a big help. I truly believe that. Further, as they go deeper into the playoffs, especially with the loss of offensive power that Kareem Hunt brought to the organization, we all know what happened with that. I'm not going to bring it up. But something I wanted to get into happened earlier this week. The Redskins were rumored to have interest in Colin Kaepernick, but had pulled out of the situation. And my question is, where is the line drawn? Reuben Foster got claimed by the Redskins after we all know his incident. He had accusedly had beat up his girlfriend on multiple occasions, and he's still on an NFL team. So where is the line drawn for players in this NFL league? It's, it's drawn at talent because Colin Kaepernick – I don't think he's really all that good anymore. And plus, yeah. all these years he's been out of the league, he'll he can never come back talent wise. Yeah. And if Reuben Foster was, you know, some average Joe player, he would never see the NFL again. 
But the fact that he gets sacks, he's fast, he'll he'll probably get endless chances. Now let which me is, ask you, which is quite, sad. Is that the right? You just answered my question. Yeah. So I was going to ask. Oh, that's, that's not, the, Is that the right thing? Oh, yeah, it's not right at all. Listen, I always, I'm a person who believes in second chances, but under this circumstance, you know, a guy like Kareem Hunt, a guy like Ruben Foster, you don't deserve to play in the NFL. You don't. If this is is this if this is how you, if if this is what you do in the off season, if this is what you do at all, the fact that you did it, the fact that you think about it, the fact that whatever, the fact that you got caught doing it, and then even in the Kareem Hunt situation, you lied about it what? to your team after he found after the team found out about it, it was reported that he lied to the team. And yet at the end of the day, Dawes just said it, because the man is young, because he has talent. He will get claimed eventually. He wasn't claimed earlier this week, and he's going to serve a long suspension period. But when that time comes up, he'll be about 24, 25 years old, and he will get claimed. And it's a sad thought because you don't deserve to play in a league where you believe that that's okay and that you could get away with something like that. You know, I I totally agree with what you said, Kyle, because it's just not right of somebody to ever do that or even – lie to their team to try to save their job yeah you know at yeah you know i i don't care how talented you are but it, it it's just frustrating to see it's disgusting yeah it's disgusting you know you, you see some of these guys play on the field and then you hear about this and some some people you know love this guy because it's his their favorite player yeah you know which is great but until you find this out it's like i i don't understand and for there's a person beyond football yeah there's the person you see playing on the field uh, repping your team putting up stats putting up numbers as a person off the field yeah. as a professional athlete not just in football but in any sport you have to carry yourself professionally at all times and these guys don't deserve to play in the league again that's my opinion yeah but they yeah. will because they oh, have talent and also what was kind of sad about this situation if he if he just told the, te- the Chiefs the truth, he would not have gotten cut. They cut him because he they uh, he, he lied, lied to them, yeah. which is crazy. I think yeah. he lied twice. Uh, yeah, I think he lied I think twice. he lied to yeah, no, the Chiefs, was, to the there was police. Also, there, there's been multiple instances. There was been yeah. Most, yeah, there has been multiple in, uh, instances with Kareem Hunt. There was, I think it was it was about a week and a half ago that it was released that he actually got into a club fight with somebody, yeah. and the police were called. But not, yeah, Not a good time to be Kareem Hunt. No. No, not a good time. All right, guys, I want to get away from the negativity. I don't, yeah. I don't like the vibe. No, I don't either. All right, so last night's game, Thursday game, disgusting game. It was, it was terrible. I mean, that's 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 really all I can describe it as. But it was an, it was an historical event. That it was. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, two hundred thirty-eight yards rushing, and four touchdowns to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars thirty to nine. Listen, he was going off yep. all night long. I mean. When I when I saw who was playing, I'm like these two like what ill yeah you know these are like barely barely you know, yeah. at it's least not it's a tradition. watchable game they always have a terrible game every year you know on yeah. Thursday it's tradition and then you 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 look, you watch it and it's pretty historical because you got him running up and down the field I think 248 yards 238 238 four touchdowns four touchdowns um I think he was he could have gotten in a fifth but I think he was going to give it to the other running back. Yeah, I believe, which is you know a great guy not being all selfish after great guy. <laughs> what he what he produced all game. Yeah. I don't know about him. I would have been a little selfish in that case scenario. I get I get a chance to make the record book. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm being whatever. selfish for sure. But speech, speaking of record book, Derrick Henry, the second ever player besides Mister Tony Dorsett, 
to have a 99-yard touchdown run. So that will be in the history books for a long time. The last time that that happened, Tony Dorsett, that was 1983. Yeah. What was uh, awesome about his touchdown run? It's not the usual you go through uh, go through the middle. Oh, he went beast mode. Oh, he, he, he stepped on the guy for 30 yards. Yep. I've never seen anything like it. Yep. He, he, he was, was awesome. knocking down guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was – when I saw Derrick Henry 99-yard touchdown run, I was like, how is that possible? That had to be a not real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He really stiff armed someone for like 25, 30 yards. No, yeah. No, he unbelievable. did. I mean, then again, you look at it. You you played the Jag, Jaguars defense, which is the, which hasn't been last year. But at the same time, for so somebody streaky, to run up yeah. and down this field that many oh, times, no. like yeah. at least try to stop him. Yeah. You know, well, he was I mean, well, James. He was he was unstoppable he, last night. That that ninety nine yard run that he had, just like Dawes said, he didn't run right up the middle and break free. He was he earned it. He was he, carrying guys. He earned oh, yeah. that run. He was bounced. He was like a freight train going through that. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Other games this last week, Houston defeats Cleveland for their ninth straight win. Deshaun Watson continues to put up numbers: 22, 22 completions, two hundred twenty four yards. One touchdown, Lamar Miller, 103 yards rushing. The defense plays well again. Baker Mayfield, not a good game. Not a good game. He had 397 yards with three interceptions, which were costly plays, especially because at the end of the day, they wound up losing by 16 points, but those three interceptions wound up putting the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah, he was just, you know, it's going to happen. He was terrible. Yeah, listen, he's a rookie. He's entitled to make mistakes obviously you don't want to see it happen but it's going to happen it should be expected rather than yeah rather than happen this yeah. year too yeah. Anything. yeah of course miami defeats buffalo charles clay drops what would have been the game-winning touchdown so i watched close. that play over and over again and he was i don't blame him I, I, the ball was under it wasn't a great pass it was it was a bad pass it was a bad for a guy who has a cannon of an arm yeah, it was interesting it was it was severely underthrown. He had to he had to lay his whole body out on the line for that ball. But you know, of course, quarterback will never get blamed for that. No, it, it always get blamed on yeah, the receiver. Side receiver. Yeah, the receiver wasn't there. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, if you if you watch the play over again, Charles Clay, that entire right side of the end zone, he was just by he himself. Just, just standing. He was there. just by himself. Tampa Bay defeats Carolina twenty four to seventeen. Former New York Giants safety Andrew Adams, three interceptions. Well, you guys should trade for this guy. He's pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Until he comes back to the Giants. Yeah, then he'll, you know. Yeah, Cam Newton has uh, regressed this year. Cam Newton. Bad year. He is. Yeah. He's, he's just throwing. He's just not. You know, he's never games. been an accurate quarterback, but this is his. This has got to be his worst year accuracy-wise. Yeah, I would to say To throw so. four interceptions to one of the worst defenses in the league is not. I mean, it's, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's bad, yeah. I mean, especially because you've. You're a team that's capable of making the playoffs. You've now lost four straight games. They had a very hot start, too. They did yeah, have a hot we start. Hot, like, they ruined the season. Yep. And plus, he's getting up there in age. He's hitting 30 soon, I think. Yeah. So I think he also needs to decide if he wants to run the ball more or stay in that pocket and move within that pocket yeah. to throw. I think as he gets older, he'll have to stop running, obviously. You know? But he's taking some. He's I, made I, I love Cam Newton, though, because when he gets in the open field, he tries to run people over, and I absolutely love that about oh, him. Oh, yeah. Because he's like 245 pounds. He yeah. brings he's, excitement to the game oh, yeah. when he starts running. But it, but at the quarterback position, you've got to be able to throw the ball. you got to be able to throw the ball. And you got to risk your body like that on almost every single play. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're shortening years off your career life. Yeah. He really is. I agree. Which is never good. Uh, earlier in the week, Sunday, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis. Jacksonville defeats Indianapolis 6-0. to Another 
disgusting game that made absolutely no no sense. sense. Makes no sense. You have a one of the hottest teams in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, offenses too, and you can't score any points. What the against the team last night, Jacksonville last night, Thursday night football, played Tennessee, and Tennessee scored thirty points on Jacksonville's defense, and Indianapolis, who has ten times better offense than. Tennessee. This, this league makes no sense. Was unable to score not one point. Not one point. Not one point. Terrible oh. game. Baltimore defeats Atlanta 26-16. to Lamar Jackson is 3-0. Guys, Lamar Jackson needs more recognition as a quarterback. You know, everybody knows the top four that were drafted this year. You know, yeah. you know Baker Mayfield. You know Sam Darnold. You know Josh Rosen. You know Josh Allen. But nobody talks about Lamar Jackson. He was drafted number 32 by Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is what... I would hope to have in a future quarterback after Eli Manning. After Eli Manning. Eli, right now, he's my starter until he shows me otherwise. But Lamar Jackson is what I want in my quarterback. I want a guy who's not afraid to run the ball. I want a guy who's accurate throwing. I want a guy who's not afraid to take chances and who has a big arm. And he's and he's played some solid football. Honestly, it, it made no sense in the draft process when teams were just not even giving him a, a workout. Yeah, I just couldn't believe that because I thought it was a different case than – the other guys, because he's not really small. He's he's thick and, like, taller. Yeah. yeah. So I really didn't understand that. I'm glad he's doing good because I'm, I'm a fan. I like him. So he's def- He was definitely a sleeper within this draft. Oh, yeah. Of what he's showing us going 3-0 and at the Transcribing point. on the field, yeah. 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 <laughs> and Harpock still won't confirm that he will start when Flacco comes back. It's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. He won't well, confirm we, it. We saw the same thing happen earlier in the season with Baker Mayfield. You know, Ty, yeah. Tyrod Taylor was the starter in Hugh Jackson's mind no matter what. I guess it's just coach talk. Too. It's just coach talk because yeah. at the end of the day, no matter how hot the rookie is, all it takes is, once, all it takes is one bad game and, and they're pulling him out of there Absolutely. quick as ever. Yeah. Arizona defeats Green Bay. Uh-oh. In Green Bay. Uh-oh. As a result, Mike McCarthy, who, has, who was the coach, I believe, for, I think it was 13 seasons. 13 seasons? Yeah. Well, he was with Rodgers seasons. for 13 seasons. I don't know if that's the same um, timing. but No, it's probably the same uh, time. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is 34 years old. Yeah, probably the yeah. same time. I don't think he coached at uh, Cal. No, but McCarthy's gone. We all knew it was going to happen. But this game, I don't even... I don't even think you can blame McCarthy. You have to blame it on Aaron Rodgers. The offense is terrible. To lose to Arizona. You know how bad you have to perform to lose to Arizona? At home. At home. In Green Green Bay, a place in which Aaron Rodgers never loses. Never. Listen, I mean. Listen, on any given Sunday. I'm sorry. On any given Sunday, any team could go into any stadium and win a game. But going into Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers, that's not the case scenario, especially against a rookie quarterback who has nobody to throw to besides Larry Fitzgerald and, and a decimated defense. And who's been bad, for being real. Right who's now. been he bad. He's not been good. No, he's definitely – that record contract that he got, it's, it's, it's honestly not well-deserved in regards to this season. In the past, without a doubt. Yeah. But in regards to this season, it's not, it's not paying off. And, James, I'm sorry. No, I'll no, get back okay. to you right now. Uh, Green Bay, I think, is going to go through some changes. I mean, be- yeah. between Crosby missing that field goal at the end, could have tied the game up. Um then you look at probably poor play calling on probably Rogers' side and McCarthy's side. Yeah, I mean you, you do have Adams that gets the ball almost. He's good. Yeah, all he's, the yeah. time. He's a top receiver. In this um, league. I think they may they may need to find somebody to complimentary him. 
um, whether that be somebody from the draft, somebody from free agency, somebody just to sign, um, either that or there just needs to be a bigger overhaul, overhaul that's coming and we don't see it because when I was watching last night's game, I believe it was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were saying that um, McCarthy went back to Green Bay at least twice. He did. The I, team wanted to come back for the, talking to the team and stuff. Yeah, he wanted, I think, a farewell or, like, thank you like to the team as a closure. And I think he also was trying to get his job back, I think, as one of them. I, I, if I'm remembering <laughs> I mean, correctly. Um, so I think there's more changes to come for Green Bay than what we expect, what we know of as of now. I say give it at the end of the season. We'll see where everything stands. You know, when I look at this team in the Green Bay Packers, when you see a rumored situation with a quarterback of generational talent that Aaron Rodgers possesses, I mean, no matter how bad Green Bay has been this season, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 21 touchdowns in one pick. Yeah, He's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still yeah, a generational talent. But when you see a situation where it's rumored that the coach and the quarterback can't get on the same page, that's a... That's a major problem, especially for a quarterback of this talent, where he could con- he can considerably, as one of the 32 teams in the league, he's probably one of the only quarterbacks that has a real shot or has a real chance of actually manning the offense, meaning I call the plays, there is no offensive coordinator, it runs through me. Yeah, but what he says goes. Yeah. yeah. Didn't That's that happen I'm... for a game or two, I feel like, last Probably. Year? Hey, probably. I mean, you, you could, I could see if they say, Aaron, you're done. You're out of Green Bay for whatever reason. I see any team picking him up, and he can excel in. Well, that's the thing. Almost, oh, I thought sure. about it. I thought about it a lot when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think honestly, if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would have requested, uh, request, requested, requested a trade from Green Bay because it's not even about. It's not even about Green Bay itself. He loves Green Bay. He wants to be there. But at the end of the day. Is it going to take too long for them to build another team that's going to be able to contend? Because now not only do you have to worry about Minnesota for the next couple of years, you got to worry about Chicago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to worry about Chicago. And, I mean, in, in that division, it's going to be incredibly hard to even come out as a wild card because now you got two teams to compete. you got it's two not teams. the one. Barely even the one. I mean, <laughs> Green Bay, they would have been the favorites last year. and the, They yep. were the favorites last they were year the until favorites. Aaron Rodgers went down, and then Minnesota came alive. Now you got to worry about two teams. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I got my payday. No matter what team I get traded to, anything, honestly, the stuff that they would give Aaron Rodgers around him offensively has got to be better than what's around him right now in Green Bay. Yeah, well, what's yeah. going good for him is anyone would want to play with Aaron Rodgers. So Without like, a doubt. It's going to be a top free agent place. And it's about time because they got a pretty good offensive line, at least pass blocking-wise. They're like the best left tackle, left guard. But it's about time he gets a really good running back over there. Well, they got us. They got some solid run. Jamal Williams, you yeah, know, Aaron Jones, Aaron but they got has been good. I, I know what you're saying. A more uh, elite, consistent running yeah. back. Yeah. So, like maybe because we've seen the Saints do a complete 180. They're like they're pounding the ball all the time. Get something like that. Take the pressure off Rodgers. It gets a little older, and maybe get like two dimensional for once. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. You know, yeah, considering. But like, are they going to get though? It's a problem. Yeah. I, I mean, think what they can have you... the cap room for Bell. No. What can you? What can you possibly? That'd be interesting. They probably. I mean, do. that would be. That was rumored before. This season started that Green Bay was interested in Bell, but the problem was they had to give Aaron Rodgers the contract. Mm. Now they don't necessarily have that money yeah. to do so. They're going yeah. to they're they're gonna have to have to ask for a lot. Yeah, I mean, order. and Bell would have to probably take receive, not take a pay cut, but 
not get what he wanted to yeah. play with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if that's necessarily worth it and if Green Bay would even be willing to take the risk on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they'll be picking pretty high. Maybe they get a running back in the draft or something. Yeah, they'll wind up, they'll wind up finishing off with a top-ten pick in this year's yeah. draft. Yeah, I'd say so. I think the, the last few games for Green Bay is going to be very interesting, boys. Yep, yep. Either winning, losing, or what other changes. Just dysfunction. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if players quit. Yeah. That'll, that'll be huge. Yeah. yeah. All right, some other games. The Rams defeat Detroit 30-16. Guys, I love Todd Gurley. <laughs> and listen, I'm a stats man. Love but any time you have a time, any time you have a chance to get a touchdown, you get that touchdown. I don't care. I don't care what it is. Especially you before get the two-minute warning. Yeah. Yeah. In a one-score game. You don't listen. You had a clear path to the end zone. You decided to run along the one-yard line and take the tackle. And you eventually, on that same drive, wound up getting the touchdown anyway. But your team, I don't care what you're up by, there's never a guarantee. you got to be up by 30 to have a guaranteed win. That's not what they were up by. They were only up by, what is it, 30 to 16? That means they were, they were only close. up 23 to 16. Yeah, no, it made no sense. He absolutely overthought himself. And good to, good job by Sean McVay to give him the next two carries because he's like, you need to score this touchdown because that was such a boneheaded play. Yeah. So the, the, That shouldn't have been made by him. Um, I bet he'll never do that again. No, he did it early in the season too. Oh, yeah, but that one it was – it was all right because that one, as soon as he went down, the game was over. Like, it yeah. was under 40 yeah. seconds. This one, it just made no sense. Yeah. Two minutes, two minutes, like 30 seconds to go. I'm pretty sure be in that uh, huddle and within that locker room, somebody gave him a nice talking to. Oh, yeah. no, I don't, no, I can't do I don't think it's I don't think it's anything aggressive. I think it's like, listen, man, we get it. You love the game. You don't want to embarrass anybody, yeah. but make sure we got the win locked up yeah. before you do something like yeah. that. I, I doubt they yelled at him because like two score win, but like they're probably like laughing, like, "Hey, you know, never do that again." Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, yelling, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, you know, of yeah. like at least like confirm with us before you do that, yeah, because yeah. that made absolutely yeah. no sense. Yeah, yeah, let the culture quarterback <laughs> at least have some idea. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, all right. So another game: Denver versus Cincinnati. Denver won the game twenty-four to ten, as well expected. Cincinnati. Started off as one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Then A.J. Green went down. And then Andy Dalton's done for the season. A.J. Green came back. And then they did hire Hugh Jackson (laughs) as defensive coordinator. That that kind of ruined things. Now A.J. Green is also out for the rest of the season. But Phillip Lindsay, guys. Is Phillip Lindsay a top five running back in this league? Not at the moment. There's a lot of good backs. There's a lot of good backs. But Phillip Lindsay, undrafted out of Colorado State, He's proven himself to me that he he's an elite running back. I mean, these I agree. these are ridiculous numbers that he's put up. He's good, but within the class we have at the moment, not right now. Not necessarily top five, but top yeah. ten? Top ten. Oh, top for 10? sure. And it's a shame that Barkley is a rookie because this guy would be wrapping up rookie of the year yeah. offensively. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's going to go to Barkley, I would imagine. I would hope so, I but hope so. I mean, I couldn't good. imagine it going to anybody else, in yeah. my opinion, offensively. But well, I mean, Sam Darnold still from few. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He <laughs> just needs to throw another like, yeah, like three thousand yards. <laughs> yeah. and uh, no interceptions. Yeah, and, no like, more, just touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's going to Saquon. Yeah, it's going yeah. to Saquon. Right. So, uh, uh, this was this was a garbage game. Kansas City versus Oakland, forty to thirty-three. First game without first game without Kareem Hunt. You know, this is. This is still a suspect game for Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, is this is this the true colors of this team and what they're capable of? Because this Raiders team is awful it, defensively, and you put up forty points. There's no doubt. Oh no, but you allowed no them to put up thirty three points on you with no weapons offensively. Name a 
Name a receiver right now in Oakland. Um, I know Jordan Nelson. Roberts. Jordan, oh, no. Jordan Nelson. Montavious Bryant. Is he, is he what is Seth squad? Roberts? Exactly. I have no idea, but exactly. you know, the Raiders, they impressed me this weekend because their team hasn't quit yet, which is crazy. Maybe because they haven't quit yet because they know they get traded. If anyone quits, they're gone. <laughs> That's true. But, like, I have faith now that the Raiders could do something because he's really got this team who's terrible, just awful. Might get the first pick to actually be in all these games and play. Yeah. Like, there was no reason for him to get up for Kansas City. No. Yeah. No reason to lose by one score. I think it's they. I want to say Kansas City rebounds this week, but I say it. Kansas City had this hiccup in the road is because of what happened yeah, with during the, the week. I think, that, know, I think that does a lot on the locker room. Everybody else oh, was, yeah, oh, sure. it, am I going to get questioned on this? Or is the coach? No, not even a matter of that. It's just a shock. I mean, just a, like, it's just a shock because you don't, I mean, listen, you knew that when it happened in February, the team knew about it. But did the players know about it? Probably Definitely not. Definitely not. Probably not. Maybe a few of them. Maybe a few of them. And if he doesn't feel comfortable telling his team who's looking to help him in regards to his career in a situation, yeah, you know, just asking for a true statement and he lied to them, what's going to make anybody believe that he went out and just, hey, Travis, hey, hey, hey Pat, you know, yeah. what what happened in February was true. I think um, there's a 0% chance it happened. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think they go back to their winning ways this week. Yeah, yeah. And the, they are fairly deep at running back. I mean, Spencer Ware is not bad, you know. Yeah. Can't think of the other guy's name, Johnson or something. I don't know. It's just a matter of them getting enough reps. Yeah, yeah that's no, what really true. comes down to. Yeah, because Spencer yeah. Ware is not he's, not, he's not done anything Yeah, in, well, in about a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had that injury. He yeah. had the injury, which yeah. allowed Kareem Hunt to emerge as the starter. True. So but, uh, Mahomes, he might he might break this touchdown record. He's got like 40. I, 41. 41, and the record's 55. I think he Tom might break it. Sent a fun fact about he might break I, I said it earlier in the year. Not earlier in the year, about a couple of weeks ago, I said I think he might break Peyton Manning's record. So he might. He, he might. The way he puts up numbers, he's he might have a real is chance. Like four or five games left. It's about uh, this is going into week fourteen, I want to say. So he's got fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, four weeks left. He so, might be able so to do through it. fourteen, and the, you know they're down at running back. They he really might. Do well, it. what might kill him is this Baltimore game because this Baltimore defense is is hard yeah. to score against. But anyway, I, I do have a fun fact, fact for uh, Mike over here. Love it. Um, it says Patrick Mahomes has many, as many passes touchdown forty one in twenty in twenty eighteen as Rodgers and Tom Brady combined. Wow, that's pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. That, that's a good one. That's one of those eye opening facts. Yeah, it's like wow. wow. You know, you don't realize you <laughs> well, don't realize so how he, great somebody actually is until you compare him to the best two in the league. Big things. You know, compared to Brady that um, actually hit another fun fact since we're on Brady. Um, His 19th season has reached 1,000 career rushing yards. I heard 600 of those were QB sneaks for touchdowns. (laughs) I wouldn't be Probably. And did you hear he retired for at least... Seven seconds. Yeah, seven, seven, seven yeah. point five seconds. I did not hear that. Yeah, you, you got to watch the video. Yeah, you got to watch the video. I'll see if I have. It. I'll send it to you after the show. But anyway, back awesome. on track. Back on track. Sorry about that. New it. No, all good. All good. Speaking <laughs> of Brady, we'll jump right back into it. <laughs> New England defeats Minnesota twenty-four to ten, and that was never a game. This it wasn't. I mean, you you know, going to Gillette Stadium, you're you're gonna already have a hard time, and then having your quarterback Kirk Cousins throw, I think it was three interceptions, never helps. He's not just, been good, he's, Kirk Cousins. In re- in recent weeks, he has not been good. Yeah. Overall, I think he's had a solid season. But this, I mean, if this is what you're going to wind up having to face when you get down in January, and, you know, even possibly when it comes down to 
an NFC matchup in a championship game. Yeah. I don't think they're reaching the Super Bowl, but they could definitely reach an NFC championship game. And uh, with this Kareem Hunt news, I mean, isn't it just looking so obvious? And the Stewards with their being terrible, isn't it looking really obvious the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl, in my opinion? I don't know. They got to go. They got to. Texans? Are we taking Texans? No, not the Texans. Chiefs, no. I Chargers? think we're getting another team. Jumping right into it. The L.A. Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Defeat Pittsburgh 33-30 to in what Mike Dawes has written in the worst officiated game I've ever seen. Refs missed a very obvious false start. Yes. That led to an L- Oh. No, I, I, had, I, had, I completely agree I with I had you. money on Pitt. Completely. Watching this. <laughs> there you go. Watching this. There you go. It made no – this was just after I lost money on Ben on the Jets because I'm an idiot. And I – there was a false start. It was <laughs> yeah. so obvious. Yeah. The, oh. the entire defense didn't move. And oh, Trav- no one moved because it was like, oh, they're going to call And it. Travis Benjamin, because of the speed so that he is, oh. was able to outrun the cornerback. I forget who was guarding it. It doesn't matter. Probably Joe Hayden is terrible. Well, the, I, oh. I, I hate to go off topic, but that brings up a good point with the flags. Last night's game, the Joe Buck and Troy Aikman again were saying they're getting these so many flags and offsides or uh, all these other penalties for everything else. NFL wants them more. None of the fans don't. This, this officiating has been bad this year. You know, it really yeah, has. It's been bad. Y- you missed that one head collision with um, Oh yeah. With at the Saints Cowboys game. That oh, was yeah. clearly head collision. Yeah. And then you, you let another one slide in a different game. It, it, it I remember one earlier sense. in the season. It was uh, Giants versus the Panthers. And on a fourth and one, they ran the ball with Christian McCaffrey. And if you watch the video, he didn't make it. But the officiating crew did. Yes, I remember that. Yep. And how about the, the Saints-Cowboys uh, game when they just completely measured mis- mis- uh, that thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not the helmet, the helmet. No, the um, – I think it was Ryan's what, – what, What's his uh, – Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, yeah. yeah. He, he was, was clearly two clearly, yards short. Yeah, and, you know, Sean Payton was terrible at his challenges. Well, he, he threw his two challenges within yeah. the first ten minutes. That was bad. But, you know. The officiating, I mean, come on. Just, just be better. Why can't they get fired for being terrible? We saw how that went down. We had the yeah. substitutes. And the, the, <laughs> that was true. Oh, touchdown. That no was, touchdown. What that, is it? That was bad. You know? So, yeah, all right, guys, agreed. to get back on track. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football, another terrible game. It was not easy to watch. Philadelphia versus the Washington Redskins, 28-13. to Philadelphia comes out victorious. Mark Sanchez's first game starting as a – Washington Redskins, Colt McCoy went down in this game. He's out for the rest of the season, which most likely means that Mark Sanchez will be the starter. And this was, you know, this was just a terrible game. It was, I mean, it's it's as easily put as that. You don't know where Philadelphia stands on a playing level because this 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 Redskins team is so decimated all over the place. And they yeah. are going into a season where you don't have any weapons offensively, really besides Adrian Peterson at this point. I can't yeah. believe he had that touchdown run. That where was your line impressive. Is, that 99, was that 90? 90. 90, 90 yards. Where, the, where you have no offensive weapons, your line is always hurt, and your defense is is suspect. I mean, you have a solid line. Your secondary is atrocious. Josh Norman is not worth that contract. He's not playing up to what he used to be. He traded for Ha-Ha Clinton Dix with Green Bay, and he's just not. <laughs> that, that was, that's a joke. Yep. Was it, it a was. ha-ha funny? No. It was ha-ha funny. No, then, uh, <laughs> not for the Redskins. <laughs> no, right. Definitely not. Back on track, back on track. Reviewing a couple games this week. Indianapolis versus Houston. Guys, do we see the Houston Hexen streak coming to an end or continuing reaching 10? You know, after last week's game, the Houston blows out uh, Cleveland and then Indy loses, I would say no chance. But this league, again, makes no sense. 
I think the Colts are going to win. I'm going with Houston. I'll take the Colts, plus 5.5. I like it. I like it. All right, we were just talking about it a little bit earlier. You have Baltimore at Kansas City. You know, I really – what that showed me is that they – I know Spencer Ware needs to get some reps. Obviously, that's his first start in a year and a half. But it's going to take a lot longer than one week for him to get situated. It's probably going to take till the playoffs to start really putting up some solid numbers. Yeah. So I think Baltimore comes out victorious in this game, to be honest with you. I mean, I see Lamar Jackson continuously having good games. I don't see him really being able to be because this Kansas City Chiefs defense is not that great. They're not good. No, they're not. It's downright bad. In the Alex Smith trade, they acquired, I believe, who was the cornerback that they acquired from Washington? It was it was, was one of the Fuller. No, it was one of the Fuller no. brothers. It was. No, I have no idea. It was either I think it was Kyle uh, or it was Kendall. I don't know. Not Kendall. Whatever. Jenner. Not. No. <laughs> no. That's that's in that's in the NBA, not the NFL. Yeah. Wrong sport there, but wrong sport. Got him. So I don't. I see Baltimore coming out victorious in this game. I really do. I, I think that the lack of run game, the defense, is going to wind up killing this Chiefs team in this game. I mean, I know they're at Arrowhead Stadium, but I, I just don't see them coming out on top. Uh, it's going to be a close game. I'm going with the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs in a bloodbath blowout. A bloodbath. I'm talking like 17 points. Really. Oh. Yeah, I just I just think uh, I just think they're gonna blow them out. I don't know because I, I don't think they would run. Well, they, oh, it's a bad take, but I think they will struggle with the run. But I think they're gonna throw it all over the place. That, that's my uh, prediction. Uh-huh. All right, we got New England versus Miami, which makes this game interesting. Is Tom Brady in his last few starts? He's one and four at Miami. I don't believe that's gonna happen this week. I think Tom Brady's gonna come out with a win. That's just I'll agree in a close one though. But he he has been bad in Miami. Yeah, I think the heat gets to him. Yeah, the, 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 the weather and that, that's yeah. what I mean. If you know that he's going to thrive in the heat. Gonna, yeah. yeah, that's what I was. I was like, James, we're not on NBA right now. <laughs> um, I'm going with Miami. All right, then we got an NFC East matchup. We got Philadelphia versus Dallas in in, in a crucial game. Was that was that a little uh, yeah, a little throw up? No, mm-hmm. we got Philadelphia versus Dallas, and this could be. This could be the end of the NFC East, meaning that Dallas, if they win this game, this is this is really it. They win the division. And and, f- and uh, for that reason, Dallas is going to lose the game. Dallas never comes through. They choke. They're they, choke they're absolute chokers. I mean, I could totally see Philly being just shocking the world and playing well and beating them in Dallas. I could see it, too. I really can. I don't want to see it as a Giants fan. It's <laughs> tough as nails for me to root for a Philly team or a Dallas team, but I'm rooting for yeah. Philadelphia in this week. I am going with a tie. We haven't had one in a while. I, I, I love honestly, that. I love I, that. I don't like Dallas. I don't like the Eagles. I'll take a tie. Just nobody's uh, getting a win. I mean, nobody's getting a win. It, no again, it's another game. Uh, game of the uh, whatever it is. It's game of the week. Yeah, game of the week in Dallas. Yeah. You know, yeah, God yeah. forbid it's anywhere else but Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really hate Dallas. That that, that that's <laughs> what it comes down to, everybody. Um, but uh, I. It, it depends on if the Philadelphia defense shows up. Their corners. That is true. Because yeah, you know? if you can't stop Ezekiel Elliott or, and Amari Cooper at this yeah. point, he's had a resurgence in his you know, career. Because I got uh, the Philadelphia's uh, defense on my fantasy team, and I'm like, what, do I start them? Or do they get torched? I think they might get torched, to be you honest know, with you. I, I think so, oh, too. You're in the playoffs? Yes, I am. N- not in, I'm in the Yahoo playoffs, not, uh, not so our fake playoffs. Yes. I'm 1-12 in our ESPN. Yikes, 1-12. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. Funny. Everything, everything. His players just started getting injured. Everything went. Fell everything apart. went tough. That, yeah. I mean, that that don't happen. That don't happen. Nope. James, right. I know you just said America's game of the week in Dallas, but this is my game of the week: the Rams versus Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky will be playing in this game. This is going to be one of the most exciting games of the year. Everybody thought it was going to be the Rams versus the Chiefs game, which was exciting, but it was a okay. shootout. But this is going to be a good game because we're going to yeah. see some defense in this game. I don't think we should. I don't think there's going to be. We should. Sure. I don't think there's going to be big numbers like we saw against Kansas City. I think that, and I think that Chicago comes out on top. I see low scoring, uh, big hit game. I don't see low scoring. I see maybe like a in the 30s range. Nothing to the magnitude of what happened against Kansas City against the Rams, but hmm. I see in the 30s because I really I, it's going to be tough on both sides of the ball to stop either of these weapons, any of these weapons that either team has because yeah. defensively you have. Two of the best players, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, those are the best two defensive players in all of football. Agreed completely. Yeah. And then when you look at the overall defenses on both sides, you say, well, you know, the Rams have the names, but Chicago is the guys that are performing. Chicago mm-hmm. is the overall. That's a great I'm, way of putting it. In my opinion, well, because you look at it and you say, you know, they got to keep to leave over in L.A. They got Marcus Peters. They got Nadam Kinsu. They got all your other guys. In Chicago, they got some under the radar guys. You know, you got they Eddie do. Jackson, you got Prince Mukamara, Leonard Floyd, you got Roquan Smith, yeah, Akeem Hicks. It, it did, did the names show up or did the the players show up? Yeah, exactly. That's what that's classic what it really debate. is. That's classic debate. And I and I'm going to call Chicago in this game. I know the Rams are favored in this game. I'm going to call Chicago. I'm going to Chicago too. I would take Chicago with the three, but I think the Rams are going to win outright. But I think it should be close. Like, a tw- like what you said, like 28, 24 type, maybe like 33, 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm All excited. Right. I'm excited. The last game we're going to talk about, another excellent game in my predictions, Minnesota at Seattle. You know, it's always hard to go into Seattle and win a football game. But this game is, you know, Kirk Cousins coming off a week in Gillette Stadium, having to go all the way across the country over to Seattle. I don't. I see Seattle coming out on top, and I, I, I see them coming out on top by big, too. I agree. I would take Seattle minus three. And uh, that stadium, Monday Night Football, it's always electric. That should be a very good game, at least atmosphere-wise. Yeah. So. Oh, that's Monday Night again. That's, that's yes. a good game. I'm taking Seattle. Yep. That's a good call. All right, so to end off our football segment here, we're going to do our traditional locks and our upsets. So, James, I'm going to start off with you. All right. Your lock first. My, and then you're upset. My lock. I am going with lock Saints over the Buccaneers. Okay. Saints locking that in. And then your upset. My upset will be the Raiders over the Steelers. Wow. I don't hate it. I would love to take Raiders plus 11, folks. And, do it. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to everybody at the Tiller Center box office where I work in front of house. Uh, the Mavericks are there tonight. Uh, best of luck sure. to you guys. Um, hopefully it's not that crazy of a show. And uh, yeah, good shout out to you guys. Giving out shout outs. Giving out shout outs. Dawes, we are moving over to you. Your lock first and then your upset. Alright. Uh, I like my lock as the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, KC. And the upset, I will go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they could I like it. win in Dallas. I like that. I like it. All right. Tom's lock. Tom Scavetta, usual host of the show, review and preview. Good old Thomas. Good old Tom. His lock this week is the Steelers against the Raiders. 
You know, mm. so he's, he's betting against you, James. You know what? I don't like this. Everyone picking double digit favorites. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not gonna like my pick in a minute then. Oh. And as his upset, he's picking the Cleveland Browns over the Carolina Panthers. And honestly, I could see that happening. I could, yeah. Both teams are so bad <laughs> against. Yeah. They're at Cleveland too. Yeah. So I could really see that happening. For me, my lock this week is gonna be the LA Chargers. Mm-hmm. That's my lock. I mean, yeah, they will yeah. beat the Bengals. And my upset this week. I've been rolling with them. I love the defense. Ooh. I'm going with Chicago over the Rams. Nice. All right. Three-point dogs. Uh, I do have Kyle Earhart's picks when you're You have ready. Kyle's picks? Okay. Yeah. His upset is Baltimore over the Chiefs. I like it. Love it. And his lock is actually Tom's lock as well, Steelers over Raiders. Wow. We had three people on the show pick that game in different ways. In different you ways. You had the Raiders and, Kyle and, Jan- and uh, Kyle and Tom had the Steelers. All right, so on that note, we're going to take our last break of the show. When we get back, we will be talking about the NBA. This is Review and Preview, folks, here on WCWP.org. Welcome back, everybody, to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Kyle Russo. With me tonight, James Montefusco and Mike Dawes, engineering for us, ladies and gentlemen. We actually got a call during the break, and caller is, and the caller is still with us. Caller, please give me your name and where you are from. Tyler Cook, Huntington, New York. All right, Tyler. Uh, so in this last 14 minutes of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. Uh, you got any NBA input that you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, what do you want to talk um, about, Tyler? Um, Talk about the Sixers post-Butler uh, trade. Sixers post-Butler trade, okay. They've been good. Yeah, they've been good. I mean, uh, you, you know, when you acquire uh, a player of Jimmy Butler's caliber, I mean, not only offensively, the guy's putting up numbers, but – He's arguably one of the best two player, uh, two way players in the league. I mean, honestly, in yeah, my opinion, in my opinion, yeah. he's right behind Kawhi. I mean, not on the same uh, level, but as a two way player, defensively and offensively, yeah. what they bring to the table, he's right be- behind Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion. No, yeah, he's always locking down uh, the best offensive player on the other team. Um, he's always getting steals, um, hitting clutch three pointers. He hit that clutch three pointer in overtime against the Hornets. Not yeah. to mention that was Kemba Walker's 60-point night, and he made them lose. That shows you this guy's mentality. Yeah. And um, Joel Embiid is resting tonight, but uh, they're they're looking like a top three seed in the East, um, as long as as long as with the Raptors, the Raptors, uh, they, the Raptors, they beat the Sixers yeah. the other day. Yeah. So. But Tyler, that, where do that, you – so that. it seems from what your commentary is that you are a Philadelphia 76ers fan, if I'm not wrong. I am not. I'm just a big basketball fan. Oh, you're I'm a big a, basketball that, fan. I'm a sad, loyal Knicks fan. Oh, Yikes. Kyle, then help us start off our segment for tonight. We're getting right into it with the Knicks. The Knicks are 8-18 and 18 on the season. Yeah. Huge Ooh. loss to Boston Ooh. the other night, 128-100. to 100. And, Kyle, something that I've noticed – I'm not a Knicks fan personally, but I picked up on it a couple of the previous games that they played – where is Frank? Where is Frank? He's not. There's no injury report. He has not played the previous three games. Frank, who? Where is Frank? Does he have a? <laughs> does he have a? Does he have a future in this league? Does he have a future as a New York Nick? Who are you asking, Tyler? Does, oh, oh, does Frank, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm asking you. Does he have a future as a New York Nick? Um. I don't know. Dave Fisdale's rotation is out of the ordinary. Um, we acquired Moutier in uh, a big trade um, to see what his path lies in. And um, 
he's stuck with the players that just have gelled well together offensively with the other players on next, like Hardaway and Cantor. Frank Milkina, his shot is just off. Um, he doesn't have a great defensive mentality. Um, he Fizdale kind of goes with streaky players, so like, although he hasn't given uh, Neil Kina as much of a chance as like Burke or Moutier, yeah. um, those two players in front of him have performed more. So um, it's kind of hard to tell if he'll give him more time as the Knicks uh, continue to tank it up this year. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, yeah. They're not doing the best job at the tanking, though. No, they're not. They're actually, you know what, they're actually looking solid in some of these games. You know, obviously, you know, the Boston game yeah. doesn't prove anything. They beat Boston, though, a couple They beat Boston. Yeah, so. they beat Boston. That's when the whole thing in Boston was going on. You know, the yeah. team is breaking apart, dysfunction in the locker room. But the Knicks have shown they've had some quality wins. Uh, out of the eight that they've won, they've had some quality wins. Which and in the games that they've lost, they've still yeah. competed. That's the one thing that I yeah. loved about David Fisdale when they acquired yeah. him as their new head coach. Because everybody that I knew wanted Mark Jackson. The difference between yeah. David Fisdale and Mark Jackson is David Fisdale has the mentality of a winner. He's going to do everything that in his power to put the best product out on the field, on the court, even if it's not necessarily the, the star names, the best players in the league. But they're still managing to find ways to compete in games. And that's what I love about David Fisdale. And that's what you're seeing. And that's why I bring up the question about Frank. Because in Boston, I believe they had about – I believe it was 11 or 12 starters play, and Frank was not one of them. Oof. And also, the previous regime drafted him, so this this uh, GM, they, they don't they don't care what happens to him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But even, even if you don't care, I mean, that's a seventh overall pick that you spent. Yeah, and, and plus in this NBA. Seventh or eighth. Yeah, in, in this NBA, if you can't yeah. really shoot, and he's not really the best defender, he's got he's just going to get released, honestly. Yeah. Which, he's like, what, 19 years old? So he's 19. He'll definitely get another shot somewhere, but. He's not helping himself, that's for sure. Well, that's another question, Tyler, I want to ask you real quick before we uh, we have to let you go. With Frank, you know, does he just need more time? Does he need more time? A 19-year-old in a big league, he's not even – he was drafted from France, and he wasn't even a starter on the French, uh, French team. He was a bench player on the French team. As a 19-year-old coming to the biggest city in the country, the most lively city in the country, does he just need more time to develop? Yeah, the the Knicks wouldn't just draft some random player seventh overall. They clearly have trust in this guy, and unfortunately, they're just not giving him the moment right now. Like, say, when the Knicks had Jeremy Lin, he wasn't hot at first. They weren't playing him, and then he got hot all of a sudden. So I don't know if the Knicks are just rolling with their players that are playing solid right now and then giving Frank a chance later on. Or I've heard trade rumors of Frank Nilkina possibly going to another rebuilding team like the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that but, would make sense because they do need a point guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do think Frank Nilkina has potential, but personally I haven't seen him play enough, so I don't know like what his big strengths are. I'm sure he's practicing. Fisdale's probably going over stuff that he needs to work on. But I, I don't think he has a future in New York. Yeah, Tyler. I agree with you. I mean, because it's just, I think it's a lot to live up to expectations. When you get drafted by a New York team, I don't care if you're Brooklyn or even the yeah. Knicks, but obviously as a New York Knicks player, 
there's a lot of expectation behind you. You know, that's why mm. that's why back in 2015 when Chris Porzingis was drafted, everybody, uh, there was not one fan, whether if they were at the Barclays Center when he was drafted or just in general. There was no New York Knicks fans, no New York Knicks fans that woke up the next morning and were cheering for the fourth overall pick, Chris Porzingis. But you know what? That's true. He just needed time to develop and show himself, and that's what I believe that Frank needs to do. Obviously, listen, mm-hmm. in this league, if you're not a shooter, you're probably not going to last. But he needs to become a shooter to last. Or and he doesn't listen. Get better defense. At least better defense. You know, you got you have guys like Pat Beverly in the league who notorious. Tony Allen has played 14 years on defense. Yep. So it, yeah. it can be done. It, it, it could be done. The problem when it comes to the Knicks is, though, they're a team that not necessarily defense is not the main concern. They need to find ways to get points. And that's where I see the lack of future in Frank Nilakina as being a New York Knicks. I would agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, on that note, definitely. So on that note, Tyler, we got to let you go, but I appreciate you calling into review and preview, and uh, and have a good night, man. Thanks for Thank listening. You, you as well. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was Tyler Cook calling in, talking a little bit about the New York Knicks. So with this last about six minutes of the show, we're going to talk about the rest of the NBA a little bit, especially the New York teams. The other New York team, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets this season. Also like the New York Knicks, they are eight and ten, eight and eighteen. They lost their main player this year to a horrific injury in Karis Levert. Rumors around saying that he will be able to come back this season, but probably too late to really make a significant yeah. impact. But this past Wednesday, the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. came to town. This was bad. They came to town and it was embarrassing. The way that they lost, they I, didn't lose I, embarrassingly. I turned but, the game over in the fourth, and that's one by thirty, right? No. Uh, oh no. They didn't know. It's not oh. It's not because they got blown out. They lost 114 to 112. The reason why it was embarrassing, though, is Paul George dropped 47 points on them, 15 rebounds, and 37 minutes in Brooklyn. And Brooklyn led in this game. Yeah, that, that, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, they were up 25 in the second half. They were? Oh, I, I don't yeah, even no, know. They blew a tremendous lead. Yeah, that's why I was being sarcastic. I was like, oh, I turned it off. They were up. Yeah, no, that was um, that was embarrassing. I believe George had what twenty five in the fourth, something crazy. Yeah, like twenty five in the fourth. Oh my gosh! Yep. I mean, for Brooklyn to blow that game is utterly embarrassing because you know they do they probably want to lose games, but like not like that. No, it's like the Jets want to lose games, but not like they did to Tennessee. That was disgusting. And also, this was a terrible, terribly blown game from Brooklyn. Yep. Another one too. They keep doing it every game. Yeah, they keep they lead in a lot of these games. They start yeah. off strong, and then when it comes to the fourth, third quarter, they just fall apart. They come out of the locker room and they just fall apart. Yeah, that might be on the coach or the lack of, you know, big-time player. I think it's just the big-time player. Because, yeah. I mean, anybody from the Spurs organization is going to be good. And I love Kenny Atkinson personally. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think he just needs a talent to work around. I mean, when you trade all your number one picks away from the <laughs> yeah. previous four or five years, you know, you can't expect to necessarily be contenders or even guys who make the eighth seed, seventh seed. Yeah, they're only – well, they have two good players. One of them's out for a while, so. Yeah, yeah. That hurts. In this game, Russell Westbrook passes Jason Kidd for number three all-time on the triple-double list with 108. So there's some history for you right there. And lined up perfectly, the New York Knicks play the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow at the Garden. Not tomorrow, on Sunday, my bad. Guys, game predictions. Game predictions. Both 8-18 and teams, you know, really no hope for the season. Missing their star players, Brooklyn missing Karis LeVert. We know the star player playing at the Garden, Chris Tesporzingis. He's not going to be back till later in the season, if at all. What do we expect from both these teams, Dawes? I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be it's going to be some bad basketball, but for this game, I would probably take the Knicks at home. 
But, I mean, like, looking ahead in the future, I mean, this is going to be a bad season for New York basketball. Yeah. No, and, I couldn't agree with you and more. And plus, they're not – both teams aren't bad enough to get a top three pick and get one of the Duke guys. Yeah. So, unless they get really lucky in the lottery, I don't know. Well, they have to <laughs> become in- horrible. Because horrible, the, yeah. Because you have teams at the bottom right Sons now, like are. Phoenix, are just terrific. You have Atlanta. They continues to lose. Yeah. yeah. Phoenix is really bad. Yeah, for sure. James, do you have any input on this game? I'm expecting it to be a, a, a game where people just go to see MSG, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. No, yeah, you, no. You, yeah. You're looking at two eight and eighteen, eight and eighteen teams. Yeah. Um, and we all thought, probably sitting in this studio earlier when basketball first started, that it wouldn't, the Nets wouldn't be this bad. Um, I did. You know, I think Chris did as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah no, Chris said the Nets um, being worse than the Knicks, actually, which know, was pretty surprising. Yeah, so I didn't think they'd be this bad, to be I, honest. I think it's going to be either a close game, somebody's going to blow each other out, or it's just going to be, well, I'm here, I might as well just check out MSG. It's going to be the first team to just quit. Is gonna <laughs> lose, obviously, like, this might be a 20-point game. Or the most expensive ticket you spent to watch two 8- and 18 teams. Yeah, and, the, and most of these tickets are definitely before the season sales. You know, all your idiot friends from New York, oh, Knicks, Nets, let's go. Yeah. That's all. That's – this is going to be a disaster. There it is. <laughs> and some breaking news happened earlier on in the day. Not really breaking. But the Cavs in Milwaukee do a trade. Cavs and the Milwaukee Bucks do a trade. The Milwaukee Bucks send Matthew Deladova and John Henson to Cleveland for George Hill and Sam Decker. So Matthew Deladova is returning to Cleveland. And we all know what Matthew Deladova did when he was in Cleveland. He was a phenomenal player. The Cavs just didn't want to give him the money. But otherwise, if it, was, if it didn't come down to money, he'd probably still be on the Cavs today. Yeah. I mean, Matt Deladova, he's a guy who's got lost in the shuffle in Milwaukee because he hasn't been able to put together offensively. But defensively, he's a good player. Scrappy. He's a scrappy yeah. player. He's kind of like a... It's kind of like a T.J. McConnell. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. And to end off the show, heard about this earlier in the week, earlier today. Got the breaking news on it. It was reported that LeBron was interested in bringing Melo over to the Lakers, but it was reported yes. earlier this morning that the Lakers are not interested in Carmelo Anthony. So, guys, this leads me to this leads me to my last question of the show to end it off. Will Melo ever play in the NBA again? You know, if his if his best friends can't play with him and don't want to play with him, who who's there out there to sign him? There's nobody. And he's done this to himself by being a terrible basketball player and even worse teammate. So I I thought LeBron, you know, he said he wants Melo. The they were probably laughing at him and said, No chance. Like even you can't even get this moved on. So Yeah. That'd be a horrendous mistake to bring yeah. Carmelo in any locker room. I James? think he will. I think he should go play overseas. I like that idea. I don't because I don't want to see his NBA career tarnished. You know, just because you're not necessarily a, a team player, you're just an offensive scorer. I mean, a place like China oh, is, he is a perfect place. Time. He would he would oh. be one of the best. He'd be the best player in China oh, instantly. Yeah, yeah. refurbish yourself over there. All right, folks, that'll do Go it away. for tonight. You were listening to review and preview here on mindwcwpsports.org. Thank you for listening, everybody.